Hi, hello, Passive Pixels, another episode. I'm really hungry right now, so if we can speed run this episode, this would be really great. I had a pizza yesterday, there's still four more slices, that's 1800 calories, and I'm running off of 80, and I already went on a bike ride, so if I get a little bitchier than usual, sorry. Table of contents. Stray. Marcel the Shell with the Shoes on. Oh god, I did watch that this last two weeks. Okay, uh, Red Rocket. Dog Day Afternoon. Sly 2. Pokemon Coliseum. The Hunt. The Batman, Resident Evil 6, How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3, Double Indemnity, Dread, 310 to Yuma, and Total Recall. Wait, is that it? I guess that is it. Okay, Doreen, how are you? And then your list. Uh, I'm hungry, too. I haven't eaten either, so speedrunning sounds good. Uh, Fuck, here's yeah, let's do my, this. Yeah, here's my list. Uh, Persona 3, uh, FES, Yellowstone, Nathan for You, American Honey, The Lost Daughter, I Want You Back. You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, Carol, Walk the Line, Samurai Cop, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Parallel Mothers, Bullet Train, Seven Samurai, Mysterious Skin, The Sister Brothers, Mass, Prey, and Sleepers. 14, 15. I have 15, so you can knock out a couple starting off, or you want to start with a bang? What, I'm handling it to you right now. The final movie on my list is very purposeful. It's Sleepers. This is Mr. Sean Mason's favorite movie of all time, so or one of his favorite movies of all time. Hold on, so I, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, yes. no, no. This is now the first topic of the show. Whoa, holy shit, we teleported. Whoa, what is going on? You don't know what fucking happened. <laughs> Sean, you're a lovely human being. Just let's let's sit that for a second. This is now just going to be another Sean Mason banger. All right. How the <laughs> fuck did we forget this? John. Well, that's actually that's why I was saving it for last. I didn't know if we were on the same page there, but that's fine. We can move it to the. No, front. no, no, no. Here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to copy and paste this at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode. So everyone who's who got Perfect. here to like who literally listened to the entire episode, Sean Mason deserves two pieces of an episode. Okay, he deserves a piece of every single episode. Okay, I agree. I agree. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Uh, but yes, I have Sean, I know ideas. You... All right, I'll blow up the entire podcast <laughs> runtime for Sean. I don't care. Uh, Sean, I know you're listening, so we lo- both very much love you here, uh, and yes. that's why I watched this today. I wanted to because th- I know this is one of your favorite movies of all time, specifically, and of course, it was the Kino Club pick. Always going to be fashionably late, even for you, Sean. <laughs> so I finally got to it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a good movie. It's the perfect Sean Mason pick, of course. I mean, what what else could you go wrong with it? Uh, Kevin Bacon, Robert De Niro having fun here as a priest. Brad Pitt's like not credited much, but he's in this movie quite a bit. A really young Brad Pitt and does really good stuff here. Mini Driver's here. She's having fun. Uh, it's a very serious movie at times, ta- tackling, you know, subject matter of like, kids being sexually abused so it's definitely um definitely a tough subject matter but uh they handle it really well and with grace and barry levinson's the director here he's in a lot of classic movies i don't know if i've seen any of them let me look i've seen a couple of his movies but not many uh there's definitely some more i want to see like rain man and good morning vietnam uh so he's definitely got a Yes, he did that. So there's definitely a couple other movies um, on his sphere I want to see. But yeah, this was a really solid movie. Definitely did feel a little bit too long. I think it starts off really fucking hot. And then the middle kind of drags a little bit at times. Then it kind of picks back up at the end. But uh, 
yeah, this was enjoyable. So, Mr. Mason, thank you very much for suggesting this movie. I was very glad to watch this. I had never even heard of this movie before you mentioned it. So, I don't know if I ever would have seen it. So, very good recommendation, sir. All right. So, here's the fun part about editing, right? It is the 12th. We have done so much shit for you, Sean. And you have no idea yet. <laughs> you, look, look, I understand what both you and your fiance have told me not to do. You don't understand. I didn't listen. And a <laughs> lot of us didn't listen. And I want you to know that with everything that I did, I do not feel bad about it. Almost zero amount of it do I feel bad about it. Literally, the only thing I will feel bad about is the guilt you guys think you should feel about the <laughs> fact how much we did. And I want you to know that the hardest part for me with doing all of this is knowing that you guys are going to feel bad about everything that we did. So all I can say is that shut up. That is the meanest <laughs> I ever want to be to the both of you. Because both of you, in, you know what? No, including Mr. Mason, including you. So take everything I said. Look, I'm running on really low calories right now, okay? <laughs> Include everything I said, including you, Mr. Mason. All three of you are a sunshine on this world, okay? What is the opposite word of a blight? Uh, antonym blight. Blessing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. The word blessing yeah, will work. Good word. The yeah. three of you are a blessing in this world, and everything that we have done, I still don't think is enough. So now this is where I start going into speculation. The three of you won't hear this until at least one thing has already happened. You don't understand there's like six or seven things in play. Now, with me saying six or seven, you know that story about how you have three pigs and then you label them one, two, four, and then you let them go. And then it's like, we caught three pigs, but we never found number three. That's probably what's happening with me saying it's six or seven things that are set to arrive. So I am sorry you guys feel like that. And I'm telling you right now that if you put me in the same scenario, 10 times out of 10, I do the same thing every single time. So I regret nothing and I would do it again. The movie Sleepers. I still need to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 this is far this is far more important than the movie itself, which it's a good movie and definitely worth watching. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I echo everything you just said completely. There are very few people in this world that are just genuinely, I think, nice people that would give you the shirt off their back with no ulterior motive. And that's the big key. Everyone's got an ulterior motive these days, but absolutely not Sean or anyone in his extended circle, it seems. You're all wonderful human beings. And if you're wondering, man, why are we getting all this? Why are we getting this much stuff? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, Why? I'm going to be honest with you, it's probably not enough to show how yeah. incredible you all are. So please, I know you will, but please don't feel any guilt associated they with will. this. They it so was a will. lot of people coming together, a lot of very generous, very nice people, and uh, you guys deserve everything and more. So, 
I want them to know I, the, the, the three of you are listening. I want to I want you guys to know that if you could play the ending of It's a Wonderful Life ten times on like ten separate screens at the same time, that's what you guys deserve. That's exactly what it is. But at the most, we're doing like three screens. So, um. Yeah, sleepers. Man, I should actually really watch this considering that I forced the the movie club yeah, no to watch shitting. this. I forced this one and then pretended like it was Sean's pick. So like, what what am I even doing? I don't what am I even doing, man? I'm so hungry. Yeah, well, here I'll give you my rating. This movie's rating is Sean Mason suggested it, so watch it out of 10. This could have been easily one of the worst movies ever made, but the fact that Sean loves it, I don't care. That's good enough. Watch it out of 10. You're right. Perfect. All right. Is that the episode? Yeah, let's get some food. Cool. All right. Now now, now we transition back into whatever the first topic was. Whoa, kitty shit. Okay. Yeah, let's, well, here, if you're 15, I don't have that much more for you, so let's, I, I have a, a perfectly designed four block for this, okay. um, and it's the romantic comedy slash drama block. Um, we've got I Want You Back. So this is where Nathan for you is going? <laughs> yeah, I could, actually. Uh, but no, no, I'll talk about that later. Uh, we've got I Want You Back, You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, and then Carol. And I know somebody out there, although I don't know if anyone's seen this movie either, but they're going to be like, oh, Carol's not a fucking romantic comedy. Uh, I know, but it's We're romantic. stretching definitions here, whatever. We just need a Yeah, we're stretching shit. definitions. Exactly. So. Uh, I'll start with I Want You Back. Um, this is just pure junk, like literal junk food. It's like you're going to open up like a bag of chips, but they're like not even real chips. It's like the Walmart brand chips. And it's like, yeah, this is this is just junk. It's OK. And that and that's what this movie is. Um, I, I don't know why I was kind of in the mood for some romantic comedies the past couple of weeks. So we I decided to watch a few. What's that? We have our moments. Yeah, yeah, we have our moments. Um, and this was one that uh, the clown, Mac himself, uh, recommended um, that I watch. So I didn't even know about this until then. So I put it on my list. Uh, I do like Charlie Day a lot. Charlie Day is in this. So anytime he gets a paycheck, I'm happy. Um, it's him and Jenny Slate. I don't mind Jenny Slate. I'm not a huge fan, but she's okay. But these two didn't have a lot of chemistry in the movie. And that kind of, I don't know, it's kind of hard for a romantic comedy when you got that. Like, the most chemistry in this movie was between Jenny Slate and, like, the nine-year-old kid that she kind of bullies in this movie. (laughs) Wait, hold on, hold on. This is a connection I wasn't expecting. Uh Jenny Slate was involved with Marcel the Shell with the shoes on. I was wondering yes. if the name sounded so familiar. Yes, yes, she was. And that, I'm sure that movie is a lot better than this. Uh, yeah, no, no, very much. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, no, this was, um, but yeah, so I mean, this was totally fine. Like, I mean, it wasted time. It killed some hours. R- romantic comedies for me, unless they're like really fucking bad, I'm never going to like tee off on them. But then I'm also never going to like go out of my way to like crazy praise them. This one was just totally fine. Uh, I've already kind of forgotten about it. Uh, I will say uh, Amazon Prime. So this is an Amazon Prime exclusive, original, whatever. Uh, 4K look great. So shout out to Amazon Prime for that. I, I got nothing here. I'm fine. Whatever. This exists. Yeah, it, it exists. That's a great way to put it. So three out of five. Okay. Score? Continue. That's that's it exists. Are we, okay. are, can yeah. can we verify that this won't just get pulled at some point because Bezos <laughs> merges with another company out of 10? That's actually a good point with all that shit going on. Who knows, right? 
God. Okay, uh, <laughs> context. If for some reason people don't know, uh, HBO, uh, Warner Brothers is merging with Discovery, and there's a lot of wonky shit going with HBO Max, and it seems like some streaming-exclusive movies for HBO have gotten pulled, and they never got physical discs. So um, uh, digital movies don't really exist. They're ethereal out of 10. <laughs> Good score. Uh, true, though. Uh, okay, so you've got mail. I'll do that one next. So this is from actually. director. I usually um, I, I have like maybe two fair. pieces. Like I got some. I go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I, I, I got door. some mail today. You, <laughs> I got some mail today. I got my Eternal Sunshine 4K and my uh, and my uh, my my favorite way to pronounce this the the American way. Why to Mama Tambian? I uh, hate you so criterion. much. The thing is that you like you make it even worse. You're like why Italiano Gracias. So I'm excited to watch that, but yeah, no, yeah. Uh, okay, you've got mail. Uh, this was so directed by Nora Ephron, who I think has passed away, sadly. Um, she's responsible for this, Sleepless in Seattle, and a couple of other movies I've never watched. I've heard of, and I don't really have a desire to watch them. But uh, you've got mail and Sleepless in Seattle are by far her most like known and popular movies. Uh, they both star Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. They've both got very similar themes to them. Um, just executed a little bit differently. Um, and they're both pretty good. Um, you've got mail is probably the worst of the two. This one's a little bit more. It's hard to say. It, it, it It's interesting. These romantic comedies are unique in the sense that they're really mean spirited. And what I mean by that is like usually in a romantic comedy, there's always there's always obviously things going on and they find other people or whatever. But in this one, they're both in like committed relationships and they're both happy. There's nothing really wrong with their relationships, but they just decide to be dirtbags. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got to say, it's like interesting because I don't know if there's a lot that are like that or that I've actually seen. So it was kind of unique, I thought, but I didn't know for sure. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, uh, I mean, this was solid, honestly. Like it was certainly better than the other one, uh, but, you know, still not amazing. Uh, Dave Chappelle was here randomly, so that was kind of cool. Funny to see him have a small role. Uh, Greg Kinnear always seems to be in these romantic comedies and he was fine here. Um, but yeah, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, they have really good chemistry together. Very easy to watch them do their thing. Um, and this was fun. So that's about all I have to say about this. Uh, 3.5 to 5. You go ahead. Say what you want. I have really nothing to add about the movie. So instead I'll just go down the Meg Ryan route. Um, literally the only time I've ever seen her in a movie is, do you know that she's Goose's wife in the original Top Gun? I, I I'm learning no. that right now. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Huh. So that okay. is literally my only touchstone with Meg Ryan in movies. However, of course, I know her. I know her from her starring role at where she plays herself in an episode from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I didn't actually know that. That was actually just in the Wikipedia, and I was like, "Oh, hey, look, Meg Ryan played herself in Curb Your Enthusiasm." That is it. That's that's all I got. I'm I'm literally probably just going to watch the two movies that you did from Meg Ryan's catalog, and I'll be like, "Cool, I watched all her movies, and I'm done." Yeah, I have no desire to watch any more of her movies. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, Goose out of ten. Perfect. Good score. Uh, okay, Sleepless in Seattle. Now, so this was actually the earlier of the two. I watched this one after. Again, Nora Ephron, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Uh, this one's actually really great. This is one of the better uh, romantic comedies uh, I've seen in a long time. Um, it's kind of similar to You've Got Mail in the sense that like Meg Ryan's already in a very happy, committed relationship. So she's kind of a douchebag. But uh, Tom Hanks <laughs> has a different story here. Uh, his wife has passed away. And, uh, you know, he's coming to terms with that and dealing with that. 
um, again, these two just have really great chemistry together. Uh, there's a kid in this that didn't make me want to run him over with a bus. So oh, that was wow. good. He's actually, yeah, like he was actually pretty decent and funny and not overused. There's some definite stuff here that like stretches logic. Like there's some just there's there's one plot point in particular that I was like, okay. I'm like, I know I'm watching a movie and this is romantic comedy, but in what fucking universe is that going to happen? So that was a little bit stupid, but everything else was really great. So, yeah, this is definitely even better than You've Got Mail. As as far as romantic comedies go, I can see why this one's kind of held up as a bit of a classic because it's just really well made. So I have a theory now that I'm going with both You Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. So the director is the same across both of them, Nora Ephron. Right. However, mm-hmm. with You've Got Mail, her mom, Delia, wait, Delia? No, no, that's an L. Delia Efron wrote this, helped Nora write the screenplay for You've Got Mail. So now mm-hmm. my theory is let me see, when did Delia die? She died in 2015. So that breaks part of my theory. My thought process was what if Delia just really wanted to see Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan get together? So she wrote the screenplay. She's like, hey, daughter, help me write this. They make the movie and they're like, crap, it didn't work. Make Sleepless in Seattle, Nora. I'm going to die. Avenge me. And then Nora wrote the screenplay with someone else for Sleepless in Seattle. But well, my so, theory is Sleepless gone. in Seattle was first. Oh, Sleepless in Seattle first. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Nora. So other, other Nora. Uh, no, so Nora was the one who wanted these two together. Yeah. Um, yes. Th- that's my theory. Um, hmm, what's going to be my score? My score is going to be good job on trying, but it failed out of 10. Um, actually, no, no, no. Mm, it sucks that uh chuck hanks existed out of this no wait it was his what's tom hanks son what's his name uh colin hanks Colin, really yeah isn't it colin I'm pretty sure it's colin internet internet oh chet chet there is a colin though but i think chet is the one that sucks so okay. um uh i'm gonna say that my score is nora efron Good effort on trying to get Chet to not exist out of ten. Yeah, evergreen on Chet sucking because Chet is just a terrible name. Yeah, it really like, is. It's it's like if name. someone was trying to be Chad, but then they just mm-hmm. really didn't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're dollar store Chad. Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, final movie of this block, and save the best for last year. Uh, oh, eight out of ten. By the way, I didn't get my score. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Uh, is Carol. Uh, so Carol's directed by Todd Haynes, who I've actually never seen any of his other movies. But after this, I definitely added a couple to my watch list. Um, this is really this movie is just a mood, man. So it's like the 1950s. It's kind of got that Mad Men feel to it. Definitely that era. And really just gorgeous cinematography and locations and sets. Pause and for a second. I just saw the poster. Jesus Christ. OK, I've. I saw the two leads, and the fact that you're including this in the romantic block oh. is like, oh, oh, okay, hold on. So continue. Uh, the, the, the <laughs> I will say the, po- the the poster reminds me of that it's always sunny in Philadelphia scene. <laughs> you know the the meme with Mac and uh, and Charlie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can see when I see that fucking poster. But <laughs> um, yeah, so no, this uh, yeah. So anyways, um, fuck, what was I saying? Uh, 1950s Mad Men, real mood to it, great cinematography, all that shit. Uh, it stars Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett. Uh, Sarah Paulson's here. Kyle Chandler's here. Really good cast all around. Um, Kate Blanchett in particular, like I always forget, I think how good an actress she is. Um, and every time I see her in something, she just impresses me. 
And she's stellar in this, man. Like, just a fucking rock of acting here and really, really good. Um, but basically, you know, it's just your 1950s. You know, you can't, girls can't love each other. These two girls start to fall, fall for each other. And a lot more drama in this than comedy. It's not really funny at all. Just a very serious tale, but really, really uh, excellently made and uh, definitely worth watching. Um, I'm surprised I've never really heard of this. I was kind of the only reason I even heard of this movie was I was searching through uh, Rooney Mara's catalog and looking for more movies to watch of hers because I really like her bonk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understandable. Wanted, yeah. And uh, yeah, and this one was like really highly rated. And I was like, oh, shit, I should watch this. And yeah, I was really impressed. So it's definitely not going to be for everyone. Um, like, I, I kind of think almost Mad Men, like I think Mad Men's a good touchstone for this because a lot of this movie is just kind of daydreaming away, not a ton happening, just kind of being influenced by the set and what's going on around you but uh yeah i really dug this it was great uh i'm just gonna say that if mad men were probably compressed into a movie i think i'd probably like it way more so that does sound good um is there anything i was gonna say no i don't remember whatever i i added to my watch list who knows when we'll they ever have a lot of get to it out of 10 well another eight out of ten for me okay uh my turn stray Oh my god! I got to play as a little kitty. I got to I got to <laughs> meow. And I got to jump on stuff, and I think there was a story. But like, I don't care. I was a little cat. I I go on keyboards. It types. It was, it was a great little game. Little yellow cat. There was a neighborhood. Not neighborhood. Yeah, I guess neighborhood. There was a neighborhood cat. My parents just like started feeding them, so then more just came around. And there was this little yellow cat. His name was Chelito, right? And he would meow very often. So he was one of my favorites. He wasn't there long. He disappeared. I don't know. Someone kidnapped him or he died. I don't know either way. But like, I like little yellow cats. So I get to play a little yellow cat. I get to meow. I get to scratch things. I like this game. Do you want to go into spoilers at all or no? Because I know that you you played it last week. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to. I really don't think. I mean, the story's nice. Oh, actually, well, there is one thing, but I don't know if it's a big spoiler. Okay, if you think this is a spoiler, cut this out. But I really don't think this is a spoiler. But that one, uh, that one tree village reminded me of Automate. Oh, okay, a mm. little bit. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, I don't know. It, it, I don't think it's a spoiler. Yeah, that's whatever. I don't think it's a spoiler either. But yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. I don't know. It was just kind of cool. I like that aesthetic. No, I did too. But the problem is, is that when you start cutting, okay, you went fuck it. This this will probably go into spoilers because I'm probably about to talk about a theme. So like three, two one the cat lives and the robot dies and he gives his life and he's like you are gonna maintain humanity and the cat goes and it's like wow okay that was an ending also fuck (laughs) this game for not showing the cat coming back to his family fuck this game for that that's my one complaint yeah literally uh, i I guess that's for straight oh sorry go ahead I, I was just going to say, I guess they're saving that for the sequel, Stray 2, uh, Two Stray, Two Spirits. No, no, no. Stray 2 better be a dog. <laughs> Could do that. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's literally, it, like, it, it's Stray. Stray isn't, you know, species specific. So, like, you could literally just be Stray 2, and it's a dog now. It's like, good, we're solved. Anyways, um, how dare you not show this cat reunite with his family? What is wrong with you? Like you, by the way, uh, I played this all in one sitting. Uh, My wife was sitting next to me and this girl was in tears almost fucking immediately when the cat falls. Like she was devastated. She's like, I was just trying to have a good night. And I'm looking at her like, 
I'm so sorry. I thought we were just gonna meow and be a cat. I didn't realize they'd fucking try to kill the cat. And then, like, I'm like, no, it's okay. Don't worry. The cat's fine. And then I move the cat and he starts limping and she just starts <laughs> crying even harder. I'm like, can you not video game? Can you not? She's trying to have a good time. Anyways, that's besides the point. That's just something that, like, I had to mention because, like, any time that the game made the cat, like, limp, she was fucking done. She was devastated. Anyways, um, the tree village, going back to that, you see, I already, like, the, the plot feels very surface level. Oh, man, what does it mean to be human? And then I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to ignore that. I know you're trying to make me think about what if robots are more human? Like, I, look, 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 I understand you're trying to do that. I don't care, okay? I get to be a cute little cat, and I get to go, meow. Like, I don't, like, I don't care what you're doing for the plot. I, I just really don't. I can't even bring myself to really care about it. But then when you bring up that village, I'm like, this is such Pascal's village that I'm annoyed now. I don't need you <laughs> to get close to this at all. You are nowhere near the same level of death as Automata. So I need you to quickly get the fuck out of here, okay? And, like, I know that, like, as soon as I got there and then the robot was like, wait a minute, was I human before? I, I need a minute. I was like, shut up. Shut up. Like, are you going to fucking tell me that, like, was that supposed to be a revelation? Like, of course. Of course. Like, if you told me that all these robots had a little bit of human in them, okay, cool, whatever. Oh, they're not human and they just learn how to be human eventually? Okay, whatever. We got to the same point and it's not like you're developing it enough. You're not developing the story enough that the there's a difference that matters, okay? So, like, plot, I don't care. Like, honestly, whenever the robot's at the end, like, I'm going to give up my life for you and the cat's just... Like, it's hilarious. Like, it actually is hilarious, and it isn't until the cat looks sad that I'm like, oh, wait, now I'm a little sad. But it's also fucking hilarious that the cat, like, oh, man, my friend is dead. I'm gonna go back to a nap. And then he just wakes up and like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, yeah, I should probably get out of here. And he just leaves. Like, it's, it's great. Like, that that actually is funny. But also, like, game, don't, don't try to make me care. I care about the cat. The robot, he's there. He gave me a little backpack, and he gave me a funny moment. That's about it. We're, we're good here. So, anything? No, that's about it. It was a fun game. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 out of 10, baby! Perfect score! Meow out of 10! We fucking did it, boys. We fucking did it. Yeah, it's still 7 out of 10 for me. Solid. Meow. Your turn. Meow. Uh, okay, I'm going to bundle these two together. One of them is going to be really quick. The other one, not so much. But uh, we'll, get rid of, we'll get rid of my TV shows here. Um, Yellowstone. Look, um, I don't know about this show, man. I I'm very on the edge on it right now. Um, I will say I love Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is great. I love him. Um, he's like single handedly carrying this show for me right now and making me want to come back. Uh, what's not making me want to come back is kind of everything else. <laughs> a, a lot of the, like, uh, some, like, okay, like some of these characters are like, there's a couple of other decent ones, but like. Like the one, there's one bitch in particular. I don't even know the actress's name, but she's like the daughter of Kevin Costner. And like, mm -hmm. apparently she's the fan favorite of the show, but she is just the most obnoxious cunt I've ever met in my life, which you think maybe like I should get along better with that kind of character because it's me basically. But I don't know, man, just seeing this in form, maybe it's just too close to home, but I can't fucking stand her. And I don't know how anyone can like this character. Um, and yeah, it's just, I mean, some of the stuff in here is it, it hits so bad. It's funny 
points. Like there's one sequence, which I mean, it's, I guess it's a minor spoiler, but whatever. I don't care. Hmm. Um, where this kid, he gets basically he's in this pipe and like his dad told him to hide there because he's going to go sh- chase these guys with a gun, which, by the way, he's chasing them. He's got a gun. He doesn't shoot them until he gets to like the very edge and then ends up killing them anyway. So I was like, OK, why did you just shoot them earlier? But whatever. Anyways, this kid is in the pipe and like a rattlesnake appears and it just like keeps comically like switching between like him chasing and this kid like because the rattlesnake's there and then he ends up killing the rattlesnake. I don't know, Matt. It just it was so it felt like something like an amateur fucking student would make. Mm. So I don't know. I'm pretty torn on this. There are things I like about it. Like I still really like the vibe of it and the Western frontier and all that kind of feel to it. But We'll see. I, I will finish the first season, but I don't know if it's going to get more than that after that for me. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get to season two. Um, my yeah. score is going to be boomer out of 10. Yeah, very, very boomerisk. Uh, so that that's Yellowstone. I'm only like four or five episodes in. So whatever. I'll talk about that again when I finish it, hopefully. But now the star of the show, Nathan, for you. Oh, Pause. my God. Pause. Yes. Yes. You know why I pause during my table of contents? Why? Oh, isn't clicking yet? Why, did you watch it too? My name is Nathan Fielder, and I graduated from Canada's top business school with really good grades. <laughs> really good grades. Now I'm using my knowledge to help struggling <laughs> small business owners make it in the competitive world. This is Nathan for you. <sighs> yes, I have. I'm literally one oh, episode oh. away from being done with it. Oh, fuck. All right. You binged it too. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's no. the thing. I knew that I wanted to do this turn live. And like, I, I've seen all of you guys just talking about it. I'm just like, I'm going <laughs> to bide my time and just reveal it here now. So, yes. Um, oh. when, by, by the way, no context for any of you. I don't, I don't feel like explaining it. When I kicked Parrot for using the Kino emote, I knew what I was doing, by the way. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> That wasn't like out of ignorance. Like, no, no, no. I know. Look, look. We could we can argue about the Kino email later. And again, like I said, if we're if we're saying no TV is Kino, I'm fine with that because that's acceptable to me. But if we're gonna start to crack in and allow some TV in, I think Nathan for you should be there. Let me let me explain. There's a lot of hyperbole. Like when I go, oh, this is um, one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. If I was to say something like that to you. Um, I think you kind of like think, okay, it's a funny show, but like, what does that mean? So let me be very clear and try to take the hyperbole out of it. This is the funniest TV show I have ever seen. Period. Bar none. End of story. This fucking show is a masterpiece to me. It is just pure, unadulterated hilarity at every turn. I don't know how this guy comes up with some of this shit. It just, you take these basic, for, for anyone who doesn't know what the show's about, basically, Nathan Fielder's a Canadian. Wait, how Canadian do you not lad. understand after that opening I read? Yeah, I know. He, I mean, he graduated from Canada's top, one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades. Yeah, really good grades, um, come on. Yeah, really good grades. Um, I saw a C in there, but let's not talk about that. Uh, look, he... It was a 2.5, okay, and it was one class. It's still really good grades. He didn't say really top of grades, just True. really good grades. It's true. So he goes to a business and will basically be like, hey, like they'll, I guess, reach out to him for help for an ad or whatever. And they'll say, well, we need help with this. And he'll go to the business. He'll try to figure out what's going on with this business. And then he'll come up with some crazy fucking idea to make the business better. And it kind of like in like the first season or two, it kind of like, like, I mean, they're still pretty wild and some crazy fucking shit happens. But then as it goes on, the, the schemes this guy starts to have. They just get so fucking intricate and complicated. It's ridiculous. 
And yeah, I mean, I could gush about this show all day. I think it's phenomenal. I, I, I don't binge TV shows anymore. I don't do it. I binge the fuck out of that. I'm completely done it now, including the hour and a half finale, which is fucking brilliant in its own right. So yeah, I'll pass it over to you, Ed. You can say your thoughts. Uh, I will say the web five out of five cinema, at its finest masterpiece. I don't even consider this a comedy. I consider this a sociological experiment that just somehow ends up being funny as well. (laughs) Nathan is honestly a, he is the troll perfected. This man (laughs) knows what he is doing at every single moment. And any time that reality tries to slap in and like, no, 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 we're going to be a little bit absurd. He will stumble for a little bit, and then he'll go, no, bitch, you don't understand. I know how to exploit you even further. So what you just end up with these moments where Nathan knows, okay, I'm going to understate say something that sounds so ridiculous, and we're going to try to get other people to get sucked into this craziness. And then they say something even crazier, and this man goes, oh, you don't know what gift you've given me. And then he bites <laughs> and takes it even further. It's it's one of those things that, like, I wish, like, if I had the power, like, I would want to just put Nathan Fielder in the same room as Sasha Baron Cohen, and then I want them to either, like, I want to see what either that conversation is where both of them, like, size themselves up, and they're like, I'm not going to be able to get something crazy out of this person. Or they both walk out and they suddenly start owning the entire fucking world and just get every like imagine if like you put those two people in the same room and then you walked in and then like immediately you're like spilling the worst shit about yourself. Like I I don't I don't know what came over me. I don't I don't know what happened. Like Nathan is a this man is Oh my god. How the fuck does he keep going viral? How the fuck did he keep going viral? I know. Over and over <laughs> and over again. How does this man, he knows the system so fucking well. How does this man keep having ideas that land? And then you're just like, how have I never heard of this? Oh my god, it's fucking brilliant. And, and to your point, like I think throughout the entire series... And one of them you haven't seen yet, because you said you haven't seen the finale yet, so you're yeah, on that. Correct. But the one of you haven't seen yet. But I think I can recall literally t- only twice where he breaks. Like, yes. he's so fucking good. He's so fucking good at what he does. And one of the times where he breaks is when I, when a fucking gas station attendant talks about how he likes to drink his nephew's piss. <laughs> which I can forgive, because that would break me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, the guy is just on flappable man and i don't know how he does it and you're right like like i think the first one where he actually really goes viral is the fucking um is the the pig right yeah the pig saving the the pig getting saved by a goat yeah i'm sorry yeah the yeah the pig getting saved by the baby goat like that's like the kind of the first one that goes viral and then no no just the other way around the pig saves the goat the pig saves the goat okay Uh yeah and uh, after that, it's just like, it seems like he's constantly getting shit that just goes viral to the point where in season four, I mean, he's literally doing an interview on a fucking late night talk show that becomes an episode for a show, which, by the way, is one of my favorite episodes in the entire thing, because how that entire thing comes to be is just fucking madness to me. 
And I don't know, man, like it just takes a very special kind of creative mind to come up with the shit that he came up with. So I was so impressed by this show. I just have to respect someone who's like, ah, yes, this is my problem. I'm going to make that problem infinitely worse to solve for myself because it'll be entertaining to other people. And that's what that episode is. This man, he's... Okay, so, dude, what the fuck? I remember seeing a tweet, right, where it was like, um, where it was saying that, oh, back to the HBO Discovery merger, right, where they were talking like HBO is going to be scripted and Discovery is going to be more of non-scripted shows. And I saw a tweet that said something like, um, uh, Discovery CEO about to have a panic attack trying to figure out how to classify Nathan for you and the rehearsal. <laughs> it's like ah shit man where the fuck is scripted and where the fuck is non-scripted where does that end anyways going back to the interviews and that specific episode i don't know how this man re-engine his entire mind is like the word associations from monty python where it's like oh red red with a fire truck uh fire fire is red uh fire is hot hot that's the that's the um uh, the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon is very deep. What's else, What else is deep? The ocean. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, how did you even connect these things together? And, by the way, the other moment that he broke, that, like, it was, like, just for a moment, was when, he, it was the ghost realtor, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I forgot about the ghost realtor. Uh, get out of their evil spirits! Get out of their evil spirits! Like, oh, my God. How, how does this man do this i don't understand how this man is just completely committed and he has these ideas where you're just like how'd you even get here how are we so lucky that business school spit you out how i have no idea but i'm really glad it did because it's fucking brilliant what was your favorite episode by the way (sighs) okay i'm gonna scroll through because I'm going to need reminders. While you're scrolling, I think for me, it's got to be between I think the, the Jimmy Kimmel episode is a top one for me. And then yeah. I think the, the, I think like early on, like the gas station one is incredible. Like that's just a fucking, just what those people are like to go through is great. And then, uh, the episode, I, I really love the episode with the where he makes the fucking like for the, for the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, not the convenience store, the tourist shop store, uh, where oh. uh, he, he make, he makes, he makes his own fucking film festival. Like that's yeah. when shit just starts. He just starts to go crazy with his schemes and I fucking love it. All right. I feel like one of my favorite ones are the ones where it's just like, how did you legally get clearance for this? Like, how did you take comedy central's money and just go? Yeah. I'm gonna go and figure out the law to see how I can make fire alarm detectors into a musical instrument to save money on tariffs. And someone at Comedy Central just said, sure, here's a check. (laughs) All right, uh, I'm still scrolling. I was about to spoil something, but yeah, no, wait till you watch the finale because there's some more stuff in there that I'm just like, man, how does Comedy Central like allow this budget to happen sometimes? I don't get it. Hold on. Uh, okay, so that's the thing. I'm still scrolling through. I'll probably cut most of the scrolling out. Oh, okay, maybe not my favorite because I still need to scroll through. Shout out to the pet fly and then just having the fucking Buzz. humongous sign. Oh my god. 
whatever. The best part about that is the guy's like, yeah, yeah, no, you can't do that. Not not for this amount of money you've given me. He's fine with it. He's just going to pay more. (laughs) That is my favorite thing. How that's what I'm saying. It's a sociological experiment. It's like, we're going to push and see what is acceptable to people for the pursuit of money. And that's the entire show. The entire show is like, Hey, I'm going to help your business to make more money. The, the plan, this fucking ridiculous thing. And then if the person goes, okay, it's like, bro, like, I, I money's really cool and all, but, like, damn, all right, cool, awesome, good, sh- good shit, man. Let's, let's try to see if this works. Yeah, it very rarely do, like, the, uh, do the, the owners push back or get angry. Like, the worst one I could think of was the, um, the haunted house guy. Like, he didn't like Nathan at all. It was, like, clearly did not like his idea. And, like, that was, like, one of his tamer ones, too. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, liquor store. That's also. (laughs) Oh, my God, the liquor store one, yeah. That that one was, like, the first time I was, like, what, how is this even legal? How, how, can you actually do this? Like, it's like, I, you went, whatever. Like, maybe it's not legal, and you just totally are like, well, I mean, if we need ever need to fight this in court, sure, we can handle it. <laughs> um, okay, that's the thing. Like, some of these episodes are, like, two different plot lines. So, like, I already know what my favorite plot line is, though. Like, I know what that is. I just want to see if there's an episode where it's like, yeah. That's what's working. Well, in regards to the legality thing, too, there's that one episode with uh, with the Uber the second time. And it's like he's literally like wants to marry the fucking guy. So he, in, oh case, he in case he's doing something illegal and gets like fucking <laughs> busted for something. Jesus Christ. Oh, the fucking hero. That's another one. Oh, yeah. That's a top one for me, too. That one's just... Again, that's like where where do you come up with this shit, man? And again, it works. It, it yeah. works out, and I'm just like, how? How? Why the? He- okay, what got into Nathan's head to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna walk a tightrope, and then his brain goes, but what if I can introduce it into the show somehow? I I don't know, man. Mad genius. That's all I can think of. <laughs> oh, the fucking Keith Rich? No, no, not Keith Richards. Um, guy from Seinfeld, Richards. Oh, <laughs> the. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kramer. <laughs> this man has an issue. He sees the issue and then he reverse engineers his solutions. Like this man goes viral mind, again. Again, this again. man's mind works like a fucking Jeopardy question, where it has the endpoint and it's like, "But well, how do I get there?" Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, it's so funny. my favorite one though. My favorite one totally is the um the hotel episode. Okay, well the hotel segment, right? Oh, okay. The, <laughs> the kid that, in the in the box. The fact that this man <laughs> was just like, yeah, we're gonna put this kid in a silence box, and then we're just gonna have two porn stars go at it in the room. It was one of those <laughs> things where I was like, How the fuck did you get clearance for this? What, how, in what realm did you say, yeah, I'm going to have two porn stars fucking in the same room as a child locked in a box who won't know what's happening? Not only that, then a fucking orgy. How? (laughs) How was that legal? How did you even get that signed off? How? That is easily the top segment. Because, like, that is the most 
fucking absurd one to me of like, how did you not only do that, how did you then convince the parents to show their faces to show, yes, we're going to let our kid do that? Again, it is it is a sociological experiment to see how you can pu- how far you can push people for money. That's just, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, this is not a comedy. This is a study on human psyche. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's absolutely incredible, though. Again, like I can't stress this enough. I don't binge watch TV anymore. I blew through this fucking show. It's very watchable. It's hilarious. So if it's if you've never seen this, definitely check this out because it's it's fantastic stuff. And uh, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on uh, Finding Francis when you watch that. I started this show like literally a day or two after you did. So yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's very I, I don't run through shows. I really don't. But like these episodes at 20 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. late night, my wife is just sitting there like, we don't know what to do. Put on Nathan Fielder. Let's fucking go. I I can't believe this show. Um, By the way, Nathan, if you want a more of a touch, apparently, I don't know who, but apparently Nathan Fielder's in uh, Marcel too. See, okay, I didn't remember that. Yeah, okay. I don't know if he's a voice or what, but he's in it, so. Okay, all right. Well, anyways, Nathan for you is going to be, we've given Nathan incredible data with this show out of 10. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is like a perfect show for me. I love this show. It's actually in my top 10 TV series of all time now and probably just outside my top five. So I fucking love it. Definitely watch it. Incredible. Um, All right. So, yeah, you brought that one up. So my turn. Uh, We're going to segue over to Marcel, the show with the shoes on. Nice. This is a ray of sunshine this is an incredible movie how the fuck did a24 just back to back give me two of what i feel comfortable giving the heart and five stars on letterbox like marcel the shell with the shoes on is something that i thought like going in i was like okay i'll probably enjoy this but i'm gonna say what was my review on letterbox which is that a24 just really wanted a paddington And that's what they get with Marcel the Shell with the Shoes on. This is one where I will just generally recommend it to everyone. This is one that I probably will need to get in 4K whenever a disc is out. If there's a steelbook, awesome, but I'm not holding my breath for that. This is just such a positive movie. And it's something that started as... That's the thing. I've been holding this because I don't want that many people to know. But hey, I'm here now, whatever. (coughs) Uh, fuck. <coughs> oh my god, I choked myself. Fuck. <coughs> you see, that's how bad I don't want people to know about it, that even my body's trying to stop me from saying it. <coughs> As I die, let's uh, take a moment to reflect on your favorite moments of Passive Pixels history. Mm. I'm not that god, bitch. <coughs> I wasn't, I was going to cut all that out, but when I made that joke and you made that joke, well, shit. I have to keep it in. I apologize for the burp. Anyways, Marcel, the shell with the shoes on, started as three videos on YouTube that are stop motion. And I think literally the first video that is Marcel, the shell with the shoes on, is like the first 10 minutes of this movie, where they use the exact same lines. And it's like, wow, this is actually perfect. So are you really trying to figure out if you like Marcel, the shell with the shoes on? Look it up on YouTube, the first clip from like, 14 years ago or so i don't remember the time frame back when youtube was actually willing to empower people to be creative 
Anyways, Marcel with the shell with the shoes on, if you see that video and you like it, and then imagine, okay, but what if they make you care about the shell and his grandmother, and you're into that? Absolutely watch it. Are you not into that? You're wrong. You're into it. Watch it. This movie is fucking incredible. <sighs> Positivity out of 10. Happiness out of 10. Any sort of positive attitude you want to give out of 10. So, Dorian, how do you feel about this one? Do you, do you care about it? Do you plan on watching anytime soon? Okay, well, f- before anything else, let me just say, give me some of that copium that you're hooked up to if you think this is getting a 4K release. Uh, no, I no, would, no. I would love that. A24 is getting better about their 4K releases, okay? We didn't even get uh, everything everywhere all once in a 4K. Yeah, I can't... Let me tell yeah, you we how... Lo- we did? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah I'm stupid. Never mind. I'm a dumbass. Okay, I'm a dumbass, but... Well, I'm, I'm still standing by this because I can't even find this fucking movie playing near me. It's not playing near me. It's a, it's a fucking. Out. It's such a limit. No, I, I mean, I think the rollout's over now. I think if you've got it, you've got it. And if you don't, you're not getting it. It's annoying. I really want to see this movie. I can't see this movie. So I'm about to go on fucking Letterbox and put it at half a star like AJ did with fucking everything everywhere all at once because this shit's annoying. I want to fucking watch the movie, but I can't. It's not anywhere. Of course, it's for some reason, it's been in theaters for like months now and it's still not a, a hint on video demand yet. So I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. Hopefully I can rent it soon, though. I very much want to see it. That's my thoughts on it. Look, man, just just give it a little bit of time, okay? Just maybe it'll keep rolling out, you know? Like that's the copium right there. If you want to yeah, like you want to, you know, accuse me of copium, it's that it'll still roll out into more theaters, okay? That's the mm, that's the good hit. Don't worry, man. It'll get you in theaters eventually before it hits digital. It's all right. It's all right. It won't. It won't. Anyways, Jenny Slate was the voice of the shell, and she nice. also co-wrote it. And she also helped the story. And she also created the character. She co-created it. And she also produced it. And she starred in it. She did a lot in this movie. She used to be married to the director. They were... What is it? I think they created the character. They got married. They got divorced. And then they still liked each other enough to work on this movie. So, like, this movie's great. Yeah. Uh, Dean Fleischer Camp. He directed, he wrote the screenplay, he has a story credit, he also created the character, he also produced it, he also starred in it, he also edited, he also co-edited it. Like, this man did everything on this movie, and so did Jenny Slate. So God bless these two. I'm so happy that even a divorce still kept them creative enough to be able to make this movie. So, yeah, um, oh yeah I already gave my score, so that's pretty much it. Right. My score is... Uh... I haven't even seen it yet, but I'm going to rate this higher than I want you back out of 10. Okay, sure. That that, that works for me. Your turn. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go right into Prey now. Look, I watched Prey. So this is the 2022 uh, follow-up to, um, to well, Predator, obviously. Um, I think it's streaming in the States on Hulu. In Canada, we get it on Disney+. Plus. It skipped the theaters. Directed by Dan Trachenberg, who I'm obviously a huge fan of. He directed uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, not a lot else, but I really am a fan of that movie. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, I don't know if it's a victim of being overhyped or what, but this movie was really mid to me. I wasn't a fan of it. Um, I think the big thing is I kept seeing people saying, Hey, like the fact that this skipped over theaters is ridiculous. There was lots of reviews saying that. And a lot of people just kind of giving that opinion. 
And I mean, I got to say, this looks like a fucking TV movie. Like the some of the CGI in this is laughable. You can tell it was made on like a shoestring budget. I, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I would have been even less impressed, I think, if I saw this in theaters. So I think they made, definitely made the right call on putting this uh, straight to digital. As much as I hate digital, and we talked about that earlier, about it'll probably just get fucking yeeted straight off one day. Um, I still don't love this movie. Um, it stars Amber Midthunder, who's probably the best part about this movie. You know, very physical role, and she's really good in it. And, you know, she does a solid job here. But everything else in this movie is just so fucking forgettable. Some of the fight scenes are pretty cool. Like, I do like... I, I do like what they're doing with it until the CGI starts getting involved. Then it just totally takes me out of it because it's so bad looking. And just there's none of the fun of like the original Predator movie. None of the cheese. That's all gone. This is trying to be like super serious with it and kind of reboot the entire franchise, I guess, and take this tone on it. And yeah, I just wasn't putting anything. I just wasn't uh, accepting anything this movie is putting down. So I was not a fan. Uh you see, I still haven't even gotten back to the game. Like, it's still installed on my PC. Like, I don't know, man. I just don't know when the hell I'm going to go back to playing this game. Just, I don't know if Arcane ever, is ever going to speak to me again. The Prey game is a lot better than the Prey movie. I'll Dude, I much. swear, every single fucking time I see this movie get brought up, like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I don't have anything to say. I'm probably not going to watch this. Um yeah, no, that, that, that's it. That's skip out of 10. Yeah, it, it's a 5 out of 10. I mean, if you really are a big fan of Predator and, I mean, you got nothing else to do, sure, throw it on. You, you might like it more than I did, but yeah, I wasn't a fan. Okay. Um, it, it's time for argument time. Red Rocket. Um, I, I mean, I like Red Rocket, so no arguments needed. No, no, what are you talking about? You wanted to argue last time about how you feel about the ending, that you think you got filtered by the ending. All right, you want to jump right to it then? Uh, well, yet. no, I mean, your thoughts, your thoughts, it, thoughts, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Rocket is um, watching this movie. By the way, directly for you, directly for you. Um, yeah, I think you might like Tangerine uh, more than I will. If you okay. sounded cool. way, I think you were way more positive on this movie overall than I was. But that's not to say I didn't like it. Like I actually put down money to rent this one. Yeah, damn, this is a really good movie. It is a good. It's a good Rorschach test of, like, the main character. Like, is this guy an asshole or not? And you just keep <laughs> watching it. And then by the end of it, I mean, it, it goes definitively one way. It definitely does. Um, but also, the director, Sean Baker, this man just really has an eye for trash people. Like, this man yeah. is like, I'm going to find some shitty people and then I'm going to give them the best cinematography I can. And it's like, man, you really have your own genre you're playing around in. I don't think anyone else is ever going to challenge you on this. But damn, this is some good shit. Uh, so yeah, Red Rocket. Um, this isn't uh, spoilers. Like, well, I'm not going into spoilers yet. I'm just going to say uh, Suzanne's son, um, Bonk. Um, by the way, if anyone is worried about that... Um, Literally born in the same year, so fuck you. Um, spoiler time. Or actually, you know what? Hold on. Back before that. Before that. Very good fucking movie. Uh, if you feel like you can tolerate trash people for a very interesting plot with uh, very strong characters and more than anything else, uh, performance from uh, the name, whatever, main guy. You look it up. Main Simon guy, Rex. Thank you. Sure. Simon Rex. This is man. 
fucking puts on a performance where it's like, I had no idea you have pure just backwood douchebag energy in you like this and then not only just making it a 2d caricature but a person that by the end of the movie you're like oh i know who you are so yeah good fucking movie i recommend it so three two a one. Uh, the ending is this man. You find out. Yeah, no, no. He was a shitbag the entire time. Um, you get to the end, and apparently uh, our, our Dorian over here got filtered. So go ahead. <laughs> so look, I actually, again, I like the movie. I'd probably like it more than you do. I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't like it being like, okay, I know you're going to disagree with me right, right, right away, but this is an ambiguous ending. It is. Mm-mm. And, you know, it is because we he mm-hmm. arrives at the door, and we know he's a piece of shit at this point. Yes. And we know he's going to go get her and probably go to fucking Hollywood and ruin her life too. So why not just show us that? Or if you don't want to show us that, which you don't need to show us them leaving, whatever, then just have him knock on the door and have it fucking cut off. What I don't need is some weird fucking fantasy that plays out in his head of her arriving at the door in a bikini, dancing around. That's like, oh, is he fucking going get yeah, bonk? <laughs> is he going crazy and imagining? Although it feels really weird to say bonk. I know you're okay though because I checked your age too, but bonk. Um, if you, well, you don't understand, seen... okay, green eyes are my weakness. <laughs> all right, and I said this shit out loud. My wife has green eyes. I'm fucking ruined. <laughs> but yeah, I just I, I just don't like how it ended like that. Like I it, it, I I, re- I don't like it at all. And it does it's not the movie's so good otherwise that it doesn't negatively affect the whole movie for me. I could ignore that. In fact, if I watched it again, I'd probably literally stop as he's pulling up to the house. Like that's no. I'd probably just turn no. it off and be like, hey, movie's over, because that would be like a much better ending to me. But the last 30 seconds is just so unneeded. Uh, Look, just, I don't like it. Bonk aside, okay, let's let's put that on to the <laughs> Bonk side. Okay? Aside. Bonk look, aside. Look, look, we have to clarify, okay? If I've already said this, I can't be ar- I can't make it sound like that's why my argument of why that should be fair. there. Okay? Fair. Bonk fair. aside. Um I like that damn it. Oh. <laughs> it's so hard. Damn it, that's also well, that's not a good phrase. <laughs> so hard. Oh, oh boy, really. fuck it. I need to power through. <laughs> and that's also what she said. Fuck. Oh. You want to just admit I'm right and move on? That would be easy. No, no. I'm going to get through this, even though everything I say sounds like innuendo. And that's that, I'm digging myself out of a hole. Damn it. That one sounds bad, too. Oh. Bulk aside, the, the scene works. There we go. That's a better word. Works. <laughs> The scene works because it already is sleazy the entire movie the way he is around her. And that is the final strawberry on top. You see, I was going to say cherry on top, but strawberry. (laughs) You see, I remember this movie. That's the strawberry on top that just puts a fine point on the sleaziness. Because most of the time, yes, she's fucking. Yes, that's fine right but this is the final moment that the sleaziness isn't just between them this girl is looking at the camera at you to put a fine point of the sleaziness of like yeah you're probably already uncomfortable about simon rex a 50 year old man i don't know he's 50 whatever fuck it who cares a 50 year old man and a girl who is legal in texas wait she's yeah she's turning 18 right yeah 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. So she's legal in Texas. By the way, I hate that I fucking know that. Thanks, Transformers 4. Fuck you. Um, who's legal in Texas, and she looks at the camera and I fucks you. Like, it's an extra, like, fine point of like, yeah, no, 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 no. you don't understand. This guy sucks, okay? This man had all of his money stolen, and while you should kind of feel bad, on the other hand, you probably shouldn't. And the, this is the final point of like, no. Don't feel bad for him, okay? You see this girl, she was not like this at the beginning of the movie, and now he is going to ruin her. And then just use her up, and she's going to just be like his wife. So, like, you know what? Yeah. I think thematically, it works. It is not ambiguous. You already know that from everything that the movie has argued for the entire time that like oh yeah no she's gonna be a star and how he is a shitbag that doesn't care about his wife even though there are moments where it feels like oh yeah you do care and you get to the end it's like no he never did so it's like no no the movie gave us all the pieces that we already know what's gonna happen it doesn't have to be ambiguous yeah i don't know i, I just feel like it's so not needed that's kind of my issue it just you feels like really sleazy it just feels not needed for me, man. I don't know. It's just, I mean, it. you could, I don't know. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. But even like if they did that and then like just did something after where he's just standing at the door looking like a dumbass waiting for it and then cut on that. Like, I just, I hate that that's the final shot. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I, I like it because it just pulls it up to you. It's like, yeah. Yeah, now you have to fucking deal with this. So yeah. <laughs> Red Rock. Fair enough. Good movie. Good movie, though. We both agree there. Very good movie. Definitely worth watching. Uh, 7 out of 10 for me. Good movie. Uh, my God. It's... Uh, hold on. Let me... Uh, hold on. Okay. Um, Red Rocket. The score I'm going to give it is there are only 2% of people in the world who have green eyes, so if my wife ever leaves me, I am so fucked out of 10. The plan... Rig the dating site so that I won't. Okay. Anyways. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> okay. I call all Nathan. Right. If my wife leaves me, the first person I'm calling is Nathan. Nathan Nathan's a bro, man. He'll figure it out. Uh, so, right, um, how are you going to talk to the woman? You know, how do you how do you how do you do that? That sounds like a good uh, good for his new show, The Edition. Which, by the way, I'm going to be starting that very soon. So expect to hear some uh, some talk about that on the next episode. I'm debating uh, about uh, either starting that or Seinfeld. I don't, I don't know. I mean, either one's a win, man. You can't go wrong. Oh, I know. Way there. Mm. That's a that's a fool's riches there. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about the lost daughter. Have you ever like watched a movie that you're like, oh man, I really want to like this. This is directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. I want to continue my lineage of simping for Gyllenhaals. So let's start there. And I like her anyways. I think she's a great actress. So I, I want to continue my my lineage of simping for the Gyllenhaals. It oh. stars Olivia Coleman, who I'm a big fan of Olivia Coleman. I think she's a fantastic, fantastic actress. Jessie Buckley is like, I love her too. She's like rising up and in, I mean, besides men, she's a lot of good shit that I really like. Um, so this movie just was stacked for me. I was like, man, like I want to like this movie and it's a Netflix original. So that away is like, okay. Oh, okay, let's, let's get a little worried there. And look, this movie is fine, but even saying it's fine, I'm probably giving a little bit of a bump. It's just, I don't know what they were doing here. It's really dull at times. And, like, I'm fine with slow-moving movies if there's, like, a point and we get to something and there's a climax. But 
the climax of this movie really fucking sucks. <laughs> like, so to give you a little bit of a, like without spoilers, it's basically a woman who's vacationing ends up getting tangled up with some people that she shouldn't. And she's got a whole bunch of like daughter issues and like that gets intertwined with what she's doing. And the climax of this movie, not to spoil it, but it's just garbage. Like, it's so bad, it's laughable. It's like, oh, this is how we're finally here after all this buildup, which some of it admittedly is pretty good. Olivia Coleman, like, is acting her ass off here. She's really great. Jessie Buckley, she's not in it as much. She basically plays a younger version of herself. Um, she's good. Ed Harris is here randomly, just doing old Ed Harris things at the bar. He's great. Okay, wait, pause. What is the synopsis? Because like I keep thinking that I'll I'll be able to context it out, but I still haven't been able to. Okay, I'll read it right off of Letterboxd. A woman's seaside vacation takes a dark turn when her obsession with a young mother forces her to confront secrets from her past. Okay, all right, carry on. Okay. Um, and which, by the way, that sounds very Hallmark, and it kind of is Hallmark at points. So. Uh, by the way, to add more insult to injury, not only did she direct it, she wrote it as well. Well, it's based off a book, so I think she probably just wrote the screenplay, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, she wrote yeah. the screenplay for it, but still, it's based off a book, which which still, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, the actual direction is fine. I don't like, like, I mean, it's a nice-looking movie, so, I, I mean, I'm not going to knock her there. But, yeah, maybe directing isn't her thing, maybe more acting, so that could be a thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I give it a three out of five. It's fine. I would never watch it again. But yeah, that's probably being generous. All right. Uh, <laughs> no chance in hell I ever watch this out of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a, a smart decision for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, my turn. Yes, your turn. All right. Woo. Let's fucking talk about a good movie now. Dog Day Afternoon. Now. Oh. You did. Yes, I know. I I'm know. so sad. It's I okay. want look for the record. I really did want to watch this. I went to go rent it on Cineplex and it's like, oh, no, you can only buy this for $20 on Cineplex. You can't rent this fucking one movie for some reason. So it's like, are you kidding me? So that made me cranky and I didn't watch it, but I plan to soon. Yeah, um, that's the thing. The bit, There is a large thing that I'm so glad that this is not. OK, here's the thing. So. You know, I remember a lot just, you know, scrolling through Dish Network, hitting info on movies, and then just reading the description, all that, blah, 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 blah. And I remember, that's the thing, it's something I didn't remember until I learned about a revelation in Dog Day Afternoon. That, like, whenever I was watching the movie, and then I learned the revelation, that I remembered, oh, wait, I already knew that plot point because fucking Dish Network years ago spoiled that that was the plot of the movie. Anyways, I wanted you to watch that so I didn't have to dance around that, but I looks like I'm having to dance around it anyways. Dog Day Afternoon. Holy shit. I, it actually is kind of depressing how... A lot of times you look at social issues in older movies and you're just like, oh, wow, that's just as relevant now. Cool. But yeah, Dog's Day Afternoon is a fucking powerhouse from Al Pacino. Like, wh why the fuck does Al Pacino get to have as many Hallmark movies as he does where it's like, oh, yeah, you don't think Pacino's good? Well, watch this one and this one. And this one, too. That shit, and that one, too. Oh, fuck, that one, too. Actually, that one, too. Fuck, man, how many hits did this man have? Like, Dog Day Afternoon is... <laughs> God damn it, man. It's such a good movie where this man commands the screen 
at every fucking moment. It's shot gorgeously. Like, ugh. This is just... Okay, anyways. The synopsis, without me explaining what the thing is that I want to dance around, right? So, Al Pacino and one other thief. Um, oh my god, I can't remember. I think he's Fredo in the Godfather movies. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll look for the actor's name as well. But, anyways, the two of them go into a bank to rob the money for a reason. Now, the reason is where, like, that's where it's like, oh, whoa, hold on, I wasn't expecting that. John Cazale, uh, that's that's the name. And now I want to... Oh, shit, he was mar- married to Meryl Streep when he died. Uh, John uh, Cazale. Okay, shit. Uh, I think cancer got him. Either way. Rip, man, dude, you were a fucking talent. Anyways, that's the synopsis. So you basically get this entire movie that is bottled in in just one location. And it's just all of these characters, all of these actors. Every single person in this movie is a person. They are not a caricature. And even in these small little moments, you get a feel for everyone and who they are. And it's... It's incredible writing and directing and just with all of these performances that are tied to Pacino. Pacino is the anchor for the rest of this movie that every other actor hangs themselves on. And fuck, man. Dog Day Afternoon is just an incredible movie. Cinema out of 10. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to watch, Sam. Because it's been on my list for a while. I do want to check it out. Obviously, I love... Uh, Al Pacino, ridiculous wealth of movies. So, uh, watch list out of ten, and hopefully we can have a deeper discussion on it soon. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going back though. I I want to talk about John Cazale because I feel like now when I start thinking about this movie, John Cazale is the master of like doing as little as possible with it having the biggest implications it can. This man is a fucking top tier actor, and while. It is not to say that this man's death should be sad only because of what he could have given us in movies. I'm going to say it's very sad that he died because we couldn't see what else he could do in movies. I, I think just 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 let me have that, okay? Uh, whatever. So yeah, good. We're moving on. All right, then. Let's talk about... Let's do Samurai Cop next. Let's get this out of the way. So, as you know... Um, on the Passive Pixels Discord, uh, Ed has a wonderful movie club, which um, mm. one of the movies I talk about later will be part of that. Um, this, though, so, okay, long, long story short, basically, uh, I decided to make my own Discord. Why? Uh, I just wanted a place where I could fucking rant and enforce ridiculous rules. So that is my Discord. Uh, it is yeah. a horrible place. No, you may not come. If you do not know what that is or you are not already in there, you are not invited. You are not welcome. And trust me, you were welcome for that. Okay, um, someone clip saying you may not come. You may not come. You may not come. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you watching the fucking end of... Uh, fucking uh <laughs> red rocket i did Anyways. it okay <laughs> at, at all during any of that movie okay good Fuck I'm, you. I'm proud of you i'm, I'm proud of you thank you it was hard <laughs> that's what she said um <laughs> the fucking uh anyways um i hate you <laughs> not as much as i hate myself so uh matt what wonderful the clown king himself max had a great idea what if we took the movie club 
uh, did a shitty version of it where only shitty movies are allowed. And I thought it was a terrible idea, but like a few people were like, no, you should do that. That would be fun. So I was like, all right, fine. But it's very informal. And I made it once a month just because it fits the theme of it being a shitty movie club. You know, <laughs> there's really no time to have a proper discussion on it. And the first movie picked was, of course, by the Clown King himself. He got lucky in the random draw and we watched Samurai Cop. And oh boy, was this a movie. Uh, directed by Amir Shervan, who's made such great hits as Hollywood Cop, Killing American Style, and Young Rebels. I'm sure we've all heard of those masterpiece yep. movies. Of course. One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, this is just about... A, I mean, I'm not even going to explain what the movie's about, man. It's fucking horrible, but it's funny, man. Like, it's racist. It's pornographic. Downright pornographic at times. This was made in 1991, so it was before, like, a lot of this shit wouldn't fly these days. The acting is horrible. I mean, there's literally, like, there's reshoots all throughout this movie where the actor had to wear a wig because he didn't have long hair anymore and it looks terrible. <laughs> there's very redeeming qualities about this movie, but it's fucking funny. And that's exactly what we were looking for out of this club. It's I wouldn't quite put this on the level of an auteur like Neil Breen. But uh, this was uh, this was definitely enjoyable and a funny watch. Okay. Anyways, um, you see, this is a problem that like I've created for myself, but it's also something that like I really like. It's it's a good problem, right? So I watched the room with my wife, her sister, and then her husband. And because of that, I have now put into their brains that we are locked together for life to watch shitty movies. But the problem is, is that the last time that I messaged them, right, we were either going to watch more Sopranos, we were either going to watch The Godfather, Casino, or Goodfellas. Now, that's pretty fucking stacked, so it's really hard to stuff in a bad movie. But all I know is that hearing about this movie, it's like, ooh, you are so going on the list, you're going to be right next to Neil Breen. Oh boy, you're going to be next to Sci-Fi Movie 1992. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you haven't heard that one, Sci-Fi Movie 1992, because I'm not saying that title here. Um, Addy, you can Google that one and then uh, have your reaction live for the mic. Um, anyways, this is a movie I want to watch, but I will need a group with me rolling in. So, <laughs> yep, 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 you go, yep. Oh, yep. I gotta watch this shit. <laughs> Never saying that title out loud. Oh. Never. Um, <laughs> at least with a mic oh. around me. Um, <laughs> anyways, oh, yeah, I... Fucking Denmark. All right. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know what the fuck the Danish are doing over there, okay? Um, but yeah. I will watch this one eventually out of 10. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. I, I mean, it's a one out of five. I mean, here's the thing. I, I would love to give this a joke rating. Um, the Neil Breen ratings are serious, but like the room, um, I'd like to give that a joke rating, like the room. But like, I mean, I want my letterbox to be semi-serious in terms of its rating. And I can only give out a certain amount of joke ratings per like, I don't know, year I feel comfortable with. So Samurai Cop didn't quite make the cut. Horrible movie, one out of five. Uh, is it my turn now? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is your turn. So, um, slide two. I don't know, man. I was, I was enjoying it for a little bit. And then I started getting a little bit tired. And then I, I, they introduced new mechanics where I was like a bit stealthier. And I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this. And then I haven't come back to it in a while. So now we're going to bundle something else here. Pokemon Coliseum. 
I was playing it on my Wii. I mean, I mean, my GameCube, my HD GameCube. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Um, get, there's no reason why Pokemon Coliseum should have a soundtrack that bangs this hard. I don't know. Well, actually, I do know who was behind it. It was X um, Dragon Quest developers that didn't even know what Pokemon really was. They're just like, yeah, we know it's a thing, but also we've never played any of the games, so we're going to develop a game for it. Um, the soundtrack is fucking awesome. I want to say that I got to like maybe the third location in the game. I don't know, maybe like three hours that I've played. I haven't gone back to it, even though I'm kind of itching to play again. You know what, fuck it, we're throwing in another one in here because I realized I didn't mention it on the list, which is Pokemon White. Um, eh, yeah, Pokemon White. Okay. Oh my god, this is a fucking mess. Whatever. I'll get through it. Okay, slide two. Let, let's just cut this one off. I don't really need to bring this one back up. I, I'm, I'm still interested, but like, just give me a little bit of time. Out of ten. Okay, so Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon White. I want to probably talk about Pokemon White now because I want to get this one out of the way. Um... Pokemon White. There was a Pokemon White 2, okay? It's the only Pokemon, mainline Pokemon game, to get a direct sequel. So that alone has me thinking, okay, what about Pokemon White warranted a Pokemon White 2? So I'm trying that one. I'm just getting through it. I'm like, okay, this is like Pokemon so far. But the hook is that... The Team Rocket stand-in, you know how they always have, like, a villain in each Pokemon game? The villain in the game is like, oh, yeah, um, do you guys not realize that... Mm, excuse me. Do you guys not realize that you're enslaving Pokemon and making them fight each other, and you're totally fucking coping by saying, well, I love them, so it's okay. And the fact that a Pokemon game is, like, actually, you know, referring to the elephant in the room is like, oh really okay so this fact in tandem with the fact that this is the only mainline pokemon game to get a sequel it's like okay you might be doing something here so right now i'm, I'm i think i beat the first gym so i'm thinking okay i'm gonna slow play you just a little bit and then let's see how this goes but uh, yeah we'll we'll just keep going through it so pokemon white is gonna be um all the racist jokes you can think of out of 10 oh well i'm still in the same breath i'd like to think that pokemon it's pokemon white and pokemon black right so part of me is thinking oh what if pokemon white and black is supposed to be a kind of like a joke about the fact that this game is gonna seemingly play into the morality of owning pokemon black and white morality and eh, whatever and maybe i'm up to up my own ass on that one because like have we ever known game freak to actually ever really care which is how we segue back into pokemon coliseum because the team of x dragon quest developers genius sorority they felt like they cared so much and this game like it's not even really a pokemon game like it's honestly a jr it's a 3d jrpg that just so happens to have pokemon as like its mechanic so yeah uh pokemon coliseum honestly i wasn't expecting to vibe with this game as much as i did i knew that as a kid when i rented it on gamecube i loved it like i was like oh my god this is so awesome but like i don't know why in my head it just kept getting knocked down when my brain was like oh well 
it can't be that good. But like I'm playing and I'm like, I'm enjoying this way more. Like it's something about just traversing in this world where I'm like, I'm really kind of digging this. Like it is absolutely a triple A Pokemon game. And they went way more jrpg than they did the regular pokemon formula so i'm digging this i want to keep playing the problem is that i'm like well do i want to actually keep streaming this or do i just want to play this for myself and literally just that indecision has me thinking ah, ah screw it i'm just gonna go do something else so pokemon coliseum god i i'm itching for it and i want to get back to it um and then I already have scores for everything else. So, and Dorian, have I left you a fucking mess here? Did go wherever you'd like. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about any of those things. <laughs> so that's yeah. exciting. I mean, Sly, I'm obviously not the biggest fan of. We've been over this, so I'm not going to say that to mention this again. Um, and then the Pokemon games, like, I'd never heard of Coliseum until you streamed it. So that's a major boomer moment. Mm. And then uh, Pokemon White, by that point, I was so far out of Pokemon, I didn't give a shit. So, yeah. Mm. You see, I, okay, so some of the design uh, ideas behind the game for Pokemon Coliseum is that, it, it's funny, because I'm mentioning this, and it was actually probably made for you, <laughs> uh, funny enough. Uh, Pokemon Coliseum, what the design idea behind it was like, well, I mean, we're looking at the people who probably grew up with Pokemon Red and Blue, and they're like around 17 or 18. So we're going to make a game that is probably aimed more for them while the mainline games are obviously for kids. So it, it still has like that childish quality where like you're not going to have Pikachu saying fuck or anything like that, right? Or like you're not going to see Mr. Mime suddenly raping people, which is all we know is what a Mr. Mime would probably do. Okay, let's just be honest here. That's probably what a Mr. Mime would do. It's not going to go that far, but you can definitely tell that the game takes itself way more seriously than the mainline game. So, you know, I, I tell you, hey, pick this up. But also, you're never going to find a copy of this game below $250 for the entire case and inserts and manual and all that shit. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I... It, this is why it's dangerous to ever consider getting into GameCube collecting if you ever want to, because... That ship has fucking sailed. Just give up your dreams. It's not happening. Uh, for example, if I look up on Mercari, uh, the most recent thing is a Pokemon Coliseum disc alone. $60 plus shipping. Last uploaded one hour ago. Sold one hour ago. That's what we're talking about here, okay? That, that is a deal. That is a fucking deal. And that's how fucking bad it is to buy these games. Uh, Pokemon XD, Gale of Darkness, the sequel, $125 plus shipping for the disc. And that one might be less of a deal, but that person saved money. That's how fucking dire it is. So, Dorian, I know you are never going to fucking play this game unless it's on your Steam Deck. Because, you know, I'm like that's a console, so you might be able to play well it yeah okay so well, let me give my score okay my score by by the way my score to sum all this up is um no mr mime raping people so i'm not playing it out of 10 um <laughs> now before i get into the next thing on my list which you're done by the way right yeah that's like that's it. I got right. else before i get into the next thing on my list i just want to say um how unfortunate it is that you perpetuate uh piracy on here your gamecube hd is bullshit and i'm ashamed of you 
Now let's talk about Persona 3 <laughs> FES on my Steam Deck. I saw it. I um, fucking saw the segue. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Totally legal copy on my Steam Deck I'm playing. Uh, absolutely. Look, Dude, I can't believe yeah, that absolutely. Nintendo released Super Mario World for the Steam Deck exclusively. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. No, it's um yeah so look i'm about 25 hours into persona 3 fes now so i'm definitely more of a chunk in than i was last time so i feel i feel like i can talk about it a bit more here um i don't want to spend a crazy amount of time on it because i think i'll say i like like when i do big games like that i kind of like to do a big blowout on them near the end um but i will give you my thoughts so far on this um look it's more persona and Persona in general, like basically the uh, loop of it, the, the how, how the games are designed and made, um, it's so strong and great to me that I will always have a fun time with that loop, I feel, uh, no matter what. And, and this game is that in a nutshell. It is the first of the Persona games to really start down that path. I've heard Persona 1 and 2 are very different and they don't kind of do any of that stuff at all. So I'm really counting Persona 3 as kind of like the first one in that line of games. I mean, everyone does. Um, like it is I think the every, birth yeah. of modern Persona. Exactly. Um, and so it's definitely feels like the birth. Like this is the game that was the blueprint for what was to come with Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5 Royale and what those games would basically master. Um, it's still very good. I still really much enjoy it. I'm liking the grind of Tartarus way more than I thought I would. Actually fucking um, insane. That is the most yeah. wild thing that like, I just don't understand. How is it that you are just like, oh yes, grinding in a JRPG where there's not really <laughs> plot. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's something about this gameplay that just feels more fun to me than Persona 4 Golden. And I can't put my finger on it. Like I just really am enjoying climbing <laughs> these Floors. I know I don't get it it just I'm climbing these floors and targets now I will say keep in mind keep in mind I do have a mod that allows me to control my party if I did not have that mod in there I would probably not be enjoying this nearly as much because I feel like that would be a bitch yeah. but me controlling my party and me having the access to save states it's making this I don't know it's enjoyable and a pleasant grind and I and realistically I only need to like in in like a one month period before the next full moon operation basically what they're called I really only need to go to Tartarus like I could really get away with going to Tartarus once if I wanted to just kind of do one big grind get to the barrier level up like level up a bit and then I'm good but I've been going basically three times once to kind of do the first half and then grind once to do the second half and then grind. And then the third time to just grind and clear up any of Elizabeth's requests. And by the end of it, I haven't been getting tired of it. I've just been enjoying it. Now I know Tartarus goes for a long time, so we'll see if it overstays its welcome yet. But uh, so far, I don't know. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, the story itself is just kind of there. I think it's good, uh, but it certainly seems to be the weakest of the three so far. Um, the characters I like, I, I, I don't think they're on the same level as Persona 4 Golden, um, but I don't know. They're close. I think the protagonist might be the biggest chat out of all three games. I really like him a lot. Um, no. And uh, I mean, I don't know, man. He's a chad. This dude just fucking he, he, they, this is literally the only game where they encourage you to harem. He's just a chad. And but this man uh, looks like a hot topic manager. Well, I mean, he should get a haircut. I agree. But I mean, I can't help him, man. The, ch the Chad, the Chad is what the Chad does. Um, and I well, feel we'll, like I'll, I'll talk about it during my part. Continue. 
fair. Uh, and there's just something so cool. Like, I mean, I don't know. I find it cool. And, and, and don't get me wrong. It's kind of edgy as fuck. But I love that they just to summon their personas. They're just literally pulling a gun on themselves and shooting themselves in the head. I, I knew you'd some, relate with that. Yeah, there, there's something so fantastic <laughs> about that that I just, oh, it's so cool. Um, and I mean, I, I forget what they did in four. What did they do in four? How did they summon them in four? You would know. Cards cards right lame five was cooler because yeah. then in five you had like the mask pulse like, yeah that was kind of neat like that was kinda, also the okay, masks like, literally are fused yes. to your face and you yes. rip them off yes yes so like that's definitely cool too i'd still give the edge to the gun though i think that's just badass enough. oh no no it's the best one it's the best summoning. <laughs> um but but yeah um what else music music sucks and I mean, okay music doesn't suck in this game it's but so much compared weaker to than the, the other two but yes compared to the other two games it sucks like the music in four golden and five royal are so memorable to me that there's so many songs that are just constantly looping on my spotify playlist now there is not one song in this game yet that's going to make it there there's some like catchy little bops and stuff like that that i like but nothing nearly on the same level um and yeah overall like i said really enjoying my time with this so far it's more persona which is great i'm glad i'm playing it um, but it's definitely going to be by the end of it. And I mean, I, I don't know. I've still got a fucking half a game left, more than half a game left, so I could change. But I, I, I very firm in the belief that this will be my least favorite Persona game, but that's fine because it's still pretty damn good. Are you telling me that you don't love baby, 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 baby? Oh, I actually really don't like that song. I really don't. And I'm Yeah, it's not not very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? There's no greater sin than having a battle track that plays for as long as it does in a fucking JRPG, and you're just like, yeah, I'm not vibing with this. And then there's like, yeah, well, don't worry, there's another 60 hours ago. It's like, oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> By the way, your entire experience with this mod makes me think, oh man, I am I really going to dump my Persona 3 portable save to play it better? And I'm like, I probably will, but like, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to play Persona 1, 2, and then 2-2, two, two, and then I'll get to 3. So it's like, shit, man, like, I'm never going to get to fucking Persona 3. Uh, go ahead, you were going to say something. Oh, I, I was just going to say, from everything I, from what I've seen of this game so far, I think I'd kind of hate Persona 3 portable. And just like the whole, like, I haven't seen it, but like from what I've been told, like the visual novel style presentation would really fucking turn me off. So like the biggest benefit to Persona 3 Portable by far is the controllable party. And if yeah. you can just mod that right into FES, then fuck it. Like there's no reason not to play FES in my opinion. But you have to realize that I'm a fucking insane person that oh, yeah. played okay. 12 hours of Final Fantasy 4 across like seven years because I said, well, I already put in one hour, so I'm going to keep going. Well, I already put in <laughs> two hours, fair. so I need to keep going. I already put in three hours, so I need to keep going. Like I'm not going to restart. So it's like 30 hours in a game that's like about 60 or 70? Oh boy, that's gonna take a couple of seconds for me to to let that wash over me. But yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of Persona Three, the visual novel style. You see, this is two sides. While you were speaking, my brain was like, "Well, you like Danganronpa, and that's that's as visual novel as it gets." <laughs> and it's like, I'm disgusted by this, but for Persona Three, I'll fucking deal with it because at least there's gameplay. But then you mention how there's like a lot of things lost in translation. And then it just reminded me of how like it's it's visual novel, but then it's extra stuff where it's like, 
oh, you're writing down a description of what the character did. And then my brain just kind of goes, ah, but you're not writing like a good description of what's going on. So it's like, you're obviously translating this as a transcript from a cutscene that already exists. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that shit because I know, you know, there are actual cutscenes that exist. But like, still, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't feel like you're giving me enough clarification on what is happening to make it feel like oh yeah this was always meant to be written this way so yeah persona 3 portable i need to dump it but also <laughs> lol about playing it anytime soon so um completely unrelated just, just just completely besides the fact part of me is looking at bravely default on 3ds i'm just like man i put like an hour into you i need to go back to you and also by the way that's a fucking game with a soundtrack that slaps uh, which is something persona 3 portable can't say you see i brought it back in um that's besides the point anyways persona 3 portable <sighs> 2035 out of 10 <laughs> uh very enjoyable so far and we will continue to play it out of 10 okay um the hunt Ah, yes, 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 yes. Holy shit, that's a, that's a fucking movie, man. This is is another one. Yeah, this is another one by the guy who directed Druck, another round. Uh, Oh, wait, yes, Yachtin. I was about to correct myself. I should probably be calling this Yachtin. Yachtin is another movie just helmed by Mads Mikkelsen. Directed by, um, Thomas ah! Winterberg. Thomas Winterberg. Thomas Winterberg. Every time that I read his name, I want to read his last name like that. Thank you for the for giving it to me. Uh, Thomas Winterberg. This man is two for two. I somehow even forgot that Druck had gotten on the shelf until like I started doing my ridiculous reorganizing that I did not long ago. Um. But yeah, oh my god. The Hunt is a fucking just crushing movie of like, yeah, we're going to have another just sociology study of people and how they can turn on you. And I don't even want to go into spoilers or like even just like a deeper synopsis because I went into this completely blind. So did my wife, uh, which, uh, by the way, maybe wasn't exactly the best idea to have her walk into it. You know, I maybe even talk. You know, I said I don't want to I don't want to spoil the movie. I may go into spoilers, though. There we go. That's a better way to phrase it. The Hunt is a fucking masterful movie. This is a monstrous movie. But Mads Mikkelsen fucking anchors this movie so hard. And that's all I'll say during I toss a D before I go into spoilers. Yeah, no, I talked about this a while back, obviously. It's an incredible film. Um, it's so, so well made. And what's ridiculous for me is this is like out of the three Vintenberg movies I've seen so far, Vintenberg. this is probably my least favorite. Which Whoa, is nuts to me. Fuck. Yeah, which is nuts to me. Now, that's going to be a giant hot take for most people because I don't expect people to like the celebration nearly as much as I did, but I fucking love that movie. And this movie is still a fucking 9 out of 10 for me. So let me be clear. When I say this is the worst movie I've seen of his, it's still a fucking masterpiece. So this guy's got some chops. Now, I've only seen three of his movies. I definitely want to see more. There's a couple more on there. But uh, yeah, 
great shit. Uh, really hard to watch powerful shit. And I implore you, if he's going into spoilers, if you haven't seen this movie and you want to, please skip over this because the less yes. you know about this movie, the better. I agree. I very much agree. Uh, but of course, because I believe in punishment, three, two, one. The plot point that I didn't want to touch. I'm going to give you guys an extra time here. Three, <laughs> two, one. He gets accused of touching a kid. There you go. Fuck you. You didn't want to know that? I gave you two fucking warnings, okay? So don't miss me with that shit, okay? We're not doing that. Anyways, the entire movie is him. He is a kindergarten teacher. He is so nice to this little girl. And it's like, why? Why would this little girl fucking do this? I want to slap this little girl. What is fucking wrong with you? I want. <laughs> Anyways. What I realized by the time I got to the end of the movie is that, well, you know, Evergreen, I'm an idiot. Uh, I kept watching the movie and I was like, this is being really straightforward about the fact that he didn't touch this girl. Are they going to try to garner my sympathy? And then at the end of the card, they at the end of the card, at the end of the movie, they flip it on me. And it's like, nope, you see, I made you empathize with the guy who touches kids it's like, ah, fuck, you did it. You tricked me. Right. But once I got to the end movie, I was like, oh, no, that's why it's so straightforward. So, you know, immediately that even with it being a lie, it is a movie about how easily everyone around you can just turn on you. And it's like, fuck, even the final scene of when Mads Mikkelsen is in the forest after being in a complete room of everyone who has treated him like shit a year ago and his son and you're just like oh okay this is weird that they're all okay and then the ending basically being someone taking a shot at his head you can't see who it is and Mads Mikkelsen probably doesn't know who it is either it's just a silhouette of a person with a gun and then they just walk away and you're like fuck is that a metaphor right there huh and it's one of those things that like no matter what even if it wasn't true this shit has ruined your life and even if it isn't true will continue to ruin your life moving forward that's ah, oh my god that is so fucked but yeah Dorian, spoiler so here you are yeah it's a hard movie to watch at times the scene with the dog broke me like, just <laughs> fucking broke me, Yeah, man. that was one of those things where it's like, yeah, shit, my wife is watching this. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, that was just so fucking harsh. And then the ending is brilliant. Like, it's just, yeah, you're right. It's just basically he's never going to be able to be allowed peace ever again. Uh, but it's 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 such a complicated movie because it's like, okay, yeah, this little, this little dumbass kid lies, but what are you going to do? Like, really, what are you going to do, right? Like, you think if you're put into this situation as a teacher, what are you going to do? And they do a I good job. I'm done. I'm done. I'm killing myself. Yeah, right? Like, no, they do a good job of making you emphasize with Mads Mikkelsen, because obviously empathize. he's innocent. Empathize. Empathize. Um, because he's obviously innocent, William Defoe. And I don't understand. <laughs> I fucking hate you. This is why I have to correct you every single time, because if not, when I'm editing, I'm like, fuck, I didn't say anything. Uh, this is why I don't, um, it just, it's so, it's such a difficult topic because it's like, yeah, like you kind of got to believe the kid, but the kid's full of shit. 
No, and, like, and to add to that, then to add to that, because the girl has said this already, and then if she walks back on it, you're like, oh shit, did we scare the girl from yeah. coming forward? No, no, yeah. honey, you were molested. And mm-hmm. then she's like, yeah, I guess I was. And you're like, no, no, we know, we know he didn't do it. Shit. <laughs> it's painful. Mads Mickelson, like you said, an absolutely titanic performance. Like, yes. Like, the fact that he, he did this and then works again with uh, Vintenberg and does Druck. He, like, those two get a lot out of each other, obviously. Yes. They are in, an incredible pair. And yeah, this is just a fantastic movie. And definitely, if they ever release this in the Criterion collection, this would be a day one buy for me because I would want all of his stuff there. It's stellar. So, Jesus Christ, the church scene. Oh, yes. my God. Just Matt Mickelson, even without his explosion on his best friend's face, which, by the way, Jesus fucking Christ, the the fact that it's his best friend's daughter, which is like it puts the best friend in quite possibly like if if Matt Mickelson far and ahead has the worst situation of the movie, like, you know, obviously. I think his best friend also has it pretty fucking bad. <laughs> um, it, it'd probably be like him and Mads Mikkel's son who are like tied for second place of like shittiest situation. But man, if I... Uh, Mads Mikkelsen and the way he turns... Like, that's the thing. I've seen the poster for the movie. And, like, I just saw the poster. And I was like, I really don't know what this is. Like, I can't read what emotion is on his face in the poster. And then you watch the movie and you look at the poster again. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. And ju- if I ever had anyone look at me like that... I just think I'd be like, I don't think I need to be here. And I'm removing all of the context from that. But man, and that's that's church scene almost immediately after he is just sitting in an empty house and then gets dressed in a suit. It's like, oh my God, this man's going to kill himself. And then that is after the fucking beatdown that he gets to just buy groceries. I don't think that we've given enough praise to his acting, okay? And we've already given a lot. It's just that I don't think I'm good enough with words to describe his performance. Fucking incredible movie. If you listen to this and you haven't seen it, you suck, okay? You are terrible. Cinema out of 10. 9 out of 10, just a phenomenal film and one that everyone should see. All right, your turn. Uh, how many do you have left, out of curiosity? Okay, we have the Batman, but like we're really going to skip over that pretty hard. Uh, five? Wow, okay. So I got a bunch left, so I should probably rattle some off, because I got ten left still. I don't know yeah, how Yeah, I did take out anyway. three at a time, so. Okay, that's fair. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bang off a couple in a row here, if you're okay with that. Um, okay, let's do Walk the Line first. Uh, this is directed by James Mangold. This is a Johnny Cash biopic starring Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. The most um, dad director to have ever lived. Yes, I, I do like Mr. Mangold. I actually had no idea he did this. Obviously, the director of Logan, uh, one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. And uh, then also just other... today, he got announced for another biopic. Yes, yes, he did. That's right. Uh, what was it? The the fucking the the Bob Dylan one, right? Yeah. God, this yeah. man is just gonna make every single fucking dad happy until he <laughs> dies, and we're so glad for it. <laughs> no kidding. Um. So yeah, this movie is pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. 
but that's, I think, more of a me thing because I'm just not a big biopic guy in general. So for me, what really carried this movie was Joaquin and Reese. And shockingly, Reese Witherspoon. Like, don't get me wrong, Joaquin Phoenix is always going to be the star of everything he's in. He's just that good. But, man, I didn't know Reese Witherspoon had these chops in her, man. And she hangs toe-to-toe with him throughout the entire movie. And it's really damn good. So I was impressed with her performance as well. Uh, But these two are clearly, clearly carrying this movie. And that's not to say it's a bad movie by any means. James Mangold is a good director. It's a good script. It's a solid story. But you don't have Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon here. And this is just kind of more of a run-of-the-line biopic, in my opinion. Um, And that is where I kind of take the issue with it. But overall, for what was here, pretty good. Okay, you actually talked me into watching the movie again at least with you talking about how those two performance anchor the movie, because the problem is with me is that there are two movies in this era, right? Of biopics, Ray and walk the line. I did watch those movies contemporary. So, you know, I was a kid. I don't really remember much. So I'm like, I should probably watch them again. But then I encountered Dewey Cox. All right. At walk hard, that movie. And the problem is, is that having watched Ray, having watched Walk the Line, it's like, oh, Dewey Cox is like a fucking perfect parody of that. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm able to watch this movie and being able to take it serious if Dewey Cox fucking nailed those movies as hard as he did. But you can't really knock down performances. You can only really knock down plot points and certain I guess, cliches of biopics. So if you're telling me that the performances are good, that is willing, that is making me willing to give the movie a shot, even though I know it'll probably be paint by numbers. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. Um, I will cut in though. Did are you, did you already give your score? Sorry. Uh, seven out of 10. Good movie. Okay. Did you want to say anything else about the movie? No, that's it. I'm done. Okay, cool. All right. We're segueing because might as well make it a mangold block. Uh, All right. Okay. Yuma. Right. Um, So I watched this movie. Uh, I've had it in 4K for a while and I kind of went off like the last couple of days and just started looking at my collection and both. What was it? I think. Yeah, no, no. This previous Sunday and Saturday, I watched three movies both of those days. So like I really hit it hard. Like I just really got that itch. 310 to Yuma I've had in my collection just sitting to be watched for a while. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling this. I don't really think there's anything that I watched in that weekend that's like, oh my god, this is like, ugh. More of like, I just kind of need some easy watches. And 310 to Yuma was there. And I'm actually going to echo a lot of what you said with Walk the Line. If you didn't have Christian Bale and if you didn't have Russell Crowe in this movie, this would crumble. And this movie is hanging on those two performances. And the they start sharing scenes like maybe about, I don't know, beginning of the second act. And it isn't until the second act that I get really interested. But the third act is so fucking good. Because by this point, you have had those characters together for a while. And holy shit, is that when the movie takes off. It just makes me sad, though. Because, like, for the first half of the movie, I'm just like, okay, yeah. Like, 
this is fine. These two actors are putting in their performances. Like, this is good. I'm enjoying the Western aspects of it. But, like, so far, okay, yeah, this is fine. Like, I'm enjoying myself. Like, I would never be like, this is mid. It's like, no, this is this is enjoyable. But then you get to the end. It's like, there we go. There are the fucking hits. Um, gorgeously shot again. Just, it's very hard to make. Okay, no, I was about to say. I was about to say it's hard to make that kind of Western environment boring. But then I remember that Power of the Dogs is this, so you know it's there's a first for everything. But yeah, James Mangold directs this very gorgeously. But it's these two actors who anchor this shit hard. And once you get to the end, like I'm, I'm not joking. Like the third act is like, man, if you had that amount of consistency throughout this entire movie fuck, we could have had something special. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, no, this is a perfect dad movie. You, you both of you, you, you're like, hey, dad, you want to watch a movie? And like, not really. And you're like, but what if it was a 310 to Yuma, it's a Western, and you got that Russell Crowe fella? And you're like, okay, well, I guess we can do that. So yeah, 310 to Yuma, uh, Father's Day out of 10. Yep, no, 310 to Yuma is really good. Uh, I like it a lot. It's been forever since I've seen it. So I believe I said I was getting it off of you, so I will definitely be watching that uh, when it gets here. And uh, yeah, it's been a while. I remember really enjoying it, so we'll see how much that holds up. But uh, yeah, Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, how can you go wrong? So uh, good stuff. Uh, I think right now I have it rated at like a 7 or an 8 out of 10, and we'll see if that holds up on rewatch. All right. Uh, so yeah, back to you. All right. So I'll bang out a few now. Uh, we'll go Close Encounters of the Third Kind here. Uh, so this is directed by, of course, Mr. Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. and uh, Steven Spielberg. I've never heard of this. It. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this might be of all the hot takes. I have one of the bigger hot takes. I've just never, don't get me wrong. There are movies of Steven Spielberg's. I really like Jurassic Park, Jaws and Saving Private Ryan are all fantastic movies in my opinion. Um, but I would never put any of those in like my favorites list. And for a director that's as acclaimed as Steven Spielberg and as famous as Steven Spielberg, it just shocks me that I haven't had anything that's just really hit that hard for me. Now, I still haven't seen Schindler's List. That might be the one that when I get there is finally going to do it. But I, I, Close Encounters is just another one of those movies where I appreciate what it does. It's spectacularly visual, especially for the 1970s. Like it's ahead of its time, obviously, in that regard. But it's, and I like it, it's good, but I think I just respect the art behind it more than I like the actual movie itself. Um, There's some solid performances here, but it's just, it's a little bit too long for me, and it kind of drags out at points, and the ending kind of makes everything worthwhile. I think it ends really fucking well. It's a strong ending, and that definitely bumped the movie up, in my opinion, because if it wasn't for that, I might have gone even lower on my score, but the ending is stellar. And kind of makes the entire ride worth it. So, good movie. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, by the way, this was selected for me by, by the Clown Prince himself. Uh, we have our monthly movie exchange. I gave him Brick. Uh, and he gave me Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, shout out, Mac. Honk, honk, motherfucker. Honk, honk. Um, and yeah, no, I definitely don't regret watching this. This was good. I would watch it again, too. Um, it's definitely, I think, rewatchable. But it's just didn't hit as hard as I'd like for me. Uh, I, I will watch this at some point. Spielberg. I mean, I think, okay, so Amy Private Ryan has definitely made the shelf. I don't think there's anything else that, you know what, before I finish that sentence, I'm going to check. 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, I could see if my shelf were just a little bit bigger, would probably get in. Shout out to the terminal. It would never make the shelf. It's just that I want to mention the terminal because I don't. Have you seen the terminal? No, I haven't. It's on my list, though. Okay, no, no. So the terminal is like just a weird movie. It, it's that's the thing. It's just a weird movie, but I just really like it. But I also don't think I would ever put it on the shelf besides me going. What would be the biggest argument for me to put the terminal on the shelf would be it's the terminal. So no one has ever watched this movie. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I might be in your same camp of like, I don't think Spielberg has ever like grabbed me completely. But like that's fine like this man does some fucking great movies and also jaws no one is ever going to fucking take away jaws from him no jaws is a jaws is a fantastic movie don't get me wrong i love jaws it's great wait what no no i saw i'm i'm on wikipedia i'm looking at the filmography jaws uh credited as uh director note also uncredited musician with a clarinet in orchestra. So Steven yeah. Spielberg played clarinet. <laughs> okay. Fucking man of all talents. Very nice. Yeah, all right. An artist of multiple mediums. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, you know what? I was ready to crucify you when you mentioned Steven Spielberg and Hot Take. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, you know what? You explained yourself well. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, Daddy Issues out of 10. I'm not going to explain that because to explain that would be spoilers that I think have been spoiled for me. Whatever. Um, we'll watch out of 10. Yeah, 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, you know, solid movie. Uh, all right. I'm going to go Bullet Train next. Uh, Bullet Train, uh, the new release from Sony Pictures, is uh, directed by David Leish. I think that's how you say his name. Leish. Another Leish. Rothman classic. Let's go. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he is the director of Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde. Um, yeah, so this was fun. I mean, this was actually a lot of fun. I, I didn't hate this. Uh, Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt and does Brad Pitt things, which are always good on my screen. I love him a lot. Um, he's very solid in the lead role here, but there's a really good uh, ensemble cast around him at well as well that just have a lot of fun and do good here. Um, it's funny, actually, it was, it was, uh, Ben Smith, shout out to Ben Smith, uh, who will never shout listen to this, thankfully, but yeah, shout out to Ben. Uh, it was his letterbox review that made me think of this, uh, where he said that this is kind of just like a guy, uh, Guy Ritchie film in a lot of ways, not, and not quite as good as a lot of like the top Guy Ritchie films, which I also agree with, but it definitely had that feel to it. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. It just kind of felt like that kind of loose kind of narrative style with like a bunch of different assassins all in one room sort of thing. And they're all dealing with uh, how to kill each other. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's really well made. Uh, very tight. Uh, it doesn't feel too, it's like over two hours, but just a bit over two hours, but doesn't feel that long. It breezes by pretty quick. So uh, definitely an enjoyable movie, a uh, lot, mainly style over substance, but uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that kind of thing. All right. Uh, bullet train. Man, I really told myself that I was going to watch this, and then, like, you know, I didn't. Um, was there going to be something I said? Fuck, did I lose my joke? Whatever, who cares? Rothman out of 10. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, 7 out of 10. Solid movie. So I won't say any more to spoil it if you're going to watch it eventually. It's good stuff, and I mean, it's not the type of movie you need to go to spoilers anyway, so, yeah. Um, speaking of movies I don't have a lot to say about, but um, 
and I feel bad for it because it's obviously a masterpiece, but let's talk about Seven Samurai. Uh, Seven yeah. Samurai is going to fall into the same category for me as a lot of movies like The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, where I just feel woefully uh, unqualified to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and like, I would, I, I feel like I need to watch this at least a dozen more times to be able to like have like a good handle and like give it the proper praise it deserves. But let's get it out of the way. Yes, it's a masterpiece. Um, it's Akira, Akira, Akira Kurosawa's like Akira one of his Kurosawa. most, yes, his most famous film, and he's got a <laughs> lot of them. Um, just the fact that this was made in 1954 is fucking insane. Like it's yeah. just absolutely insane. He was playing chess and everyone else was playing checkers at that point. Yeah. Like it's just, it's disgusting. Um, it's, it's so incredible. It holds up now. It just a perfect film. The movie's three and a half hours long and it does not feel like three and a half hours long, man. It's just, it's so well made. And yes, a lot of it at the beginning and the start and even the first half maybe is just setting up these people's lives and showing you what's going on there. And there's no big battle sequences. That's why, like when I said it was different than I was expecting, I thought it was going to be like just one giant war movie, but it's not. There's a lot more to it than that. It's a lot deeper than I was expecting. And it's just, fantastic so i need to just uh, say this to add extra context to how insane yeah. this fucking movie is this is literally this is literally nine years after japan got done with world war ii and getting nuked <laughs> yeah continue like, yeah it, it's insane so i mean there's really i i would i i, I like i said i'm woefully uh unqualified to say more it's just it, it's a masterpiece if, if you like even pretend to like cinema this is one you need to watch and definitely a, a worthy addition to, uh, to my shelf. So great movie, uh, five out of five cinema at its finest, blah, 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 all that shit. I finished, um, I don't remember. It was like a couple of days ago that I didn't know what to do with myself. So I brought out, uh, the criterion booklet for double indemnity and the criterion booklet for seven samurai. And by the way, like the seven samurai booklet, we're talking like 50 pages. Like, I know that a couple of those pages are pictures, but it's like, oh, my God, this is a fucking light novel. Like, I, this is, I think, like, seven different essays about the movie. And it's like, okay, first off, thematically, cool, fucking awesome. Uh, but that's my touchstone. Just reading it absolutely gave me way more of a deeper appreciation, which is, like, insane, because, like, I already appreciated this movie but of course you know i'm dumb and just sometimes you know like i, I need that little extra connection for some reason I, I can't ever put it even connection feels like the wrong word because i understood this entire movie like all the fucking characters like mm. anyways i want to talk about the booklet more than anything else but man yeah this is a good booklet good fucking movie masterpiece cinematic finest everything you said out of 10 Speaking of booklets, just to segue real quickly, uh, I was surprised, but you you haven't gotten your uh, Why to Mama Tambian yet, have you? No, why? The booklet is fucking massive. Like, really? it is the premium package with the fucking massive booklet. I was surprised. I didn't think that movie was going to get the treatment, but. Oof. Dude, I expect it, that to be like the history of Mexico and like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're going to explain the Aztecs and how that ended up with Itu Mama Tambien. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's frustrating, too, because I really, really want to get the Roma criterion, but like, after watching that movie in 4k i i need that movie in 4k it's just gorgeous so it's unfortunate but, but it's just don't want to get away isn't it right criterion yeah it's yeah it's just blu-ray the criterion unfortunately right now so. wait okay but hold on that movie's in black and white though right yes oh it'll be fine 
that that extra detail in the 4k was so crisp oh and then if you get that dolby vision too mm, wait hold on oh i'm being lied to oh fuck you fenix fuck you okay um anyways look look okay well first off i don't think i need clarification wait no fuck you what the bullshit Oh, fucking FedEx. Okay, anyways, uh, let me let me provide context. Um, you asked me about my Itumama Tambien criterion. Anyways, yes. um, I robbed a person, right? There was a person who was selling a box set of Criterion movies, and in that collection was Rosemary's Baby Criterion. Now, here's the thing. Yep. The director... That is an entire different segment on its own. Just know that he fucking—he's a terrible person. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Have you seen that me. meme where it's like, "Never ask a man his salary. Never ask a woman his weight. Never ask your favorite director what petition they signed in 2009." Those kind of <laughs> things, right? Yes. By the way, great meme. Fucking incredible meme. I, every time I look at it, it's like I'm never gonna look that up. I don't need that information in my life. Um. Anyways, so naturally, this person was selling each Criterion for twenty bucks. Rosemary's Baby lost the license like criterion lost the license to print out more copies of rosemary's baby but you're also not gonna probably license the movie from a person like that so no chance that more copies will ever get made this in turn spiked up the price so this person who was selling 20 bucks a pop for these criterions to make sure that he didn't think that it was fishy, I then bought the Rosemary's Baby Criterion for 20 bucks and told him, hey, can you throw Itu Mama Tambien in there too? Make it 40 bucks? He's like, sure. And that's the thing. Sometimes you can't let people know what they have. So usually the way that you do that is mix it in with something else, okay? Good deal tip. By the way, extra deal tip. I did this on Mercari. If you hit make offer or send offer, whatever, if you put $1 it will show you what is the lowest amount that you can offer them. This is a trick. Good job, people. Save money. Anyways, while you were talking about Itumama Tambien, I started, I opened up Mercari, and I was like, hey, you know what? I got a couple of packages today. What's this one? Where is this one, right? And first off, it's like, oh, well, first off, Mercari's uh, estimate is like, oh, it'll get there the 11th. And it's like, bitch, it's the 12th. So I click the tracking. I click the tracking, and then FedEx lies to me. It's like, oh, yeah, it'll get there on the 12th. Bitch, it is the 12th. Where is this thing? And it's like, oh, it's in San Antonio. Bitch, I live in Houston. What the fuck is wrong? Fucking FedEx. Whatever. Ugh. FedEx sucks, okay? My new score is FedEx sucks out of 10. Very fair score. Uh, I hope you get it soon, because you would not want that one to be lost. Because <laughs> that's a very... That, that's a big that that is a big steal like a gigantic a steal steal and i can't wait until fedex robs me of it all right uh let me do two more here and then we should be caught up to each other one two three four yeah two more all right mysterious skin uh this is directed by greg arkey uh it is a 2004 movie starring joseph gordon levitt uh, michelle trachenberg and brady corbett um this movie's pretty good i like this uh it's a very interesting movie um, I'm going to read the synopsis and then I'm really not going to say much more because it's another one of those movies. I feel like the more, you know, uh, the less you'll get out of it. Now, that being said, one of my biggest complaints about this movie is I felt it was very, very obvious where things were going. And I wish there was like a little bit more deception there because like it could have been like a really powerful moment at the end, but it was still good. 
That being said, here's the synopsis. A teenage hustler and a young man obsessed with alien abductions cross paths together discovering a horrible, liberating truth. So definitely an interesting movie. Really well shot. Really well made. Do wish it was a bit more unpredictable, but what was here, I enjoy. Okay, so what genre are we talking here? Because that sounds like that could go multiple different ways. Yeah, it's kind of drama, drama mainly, but there's also like a little bit of like detective mystery in there for sure, but mostly drama. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm I'm fine. I, I I even as you were speaking, felt like as my brain was hearing this information, it was already slipping. So yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> This will literally be a timestamp, and then that will be the last time I ever think of this out of 10. It's on your watch list. Is it? Yeah. Shit, wait, what was the name again? <laughs> Mysterious Skin. What the fuck? Who, who put that shit on there? Mysterious. I swear, if you're just if you're just getting me this to go, to Google, like, what a legend. Oh, wait. Okay. Well, oh my god. You see, that's how bad I don't even remember this movie. I forgot that at the beginning you literally said Joseph Gordon-Levitt stars in it. Whoops. Yes. <laughs> and he's he's good, by the way. He's very good here. So. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, sh- shit, I lied. I lied out of ten. Alright, cool. Um, he was in Treasure wait, Planet? What? So, is, is it staying on the watch list then? No, it's staying on the watch list. Okay, wait, yeah. Joseph Just... Gordon-Levitt was the main voice in Treasure Planet? Okay, fine. I'll add the Treasure Planet on my watch list. Fuck. Damn it. It's like me and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, all right, <laughs> speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, let me segue into one more movie here before you get a turn, and that is The Sister Brothers, directed by Jacques... Classic, classic. Jacques Edouard, a Frenchman. Uh, this stars John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Riz Ahmed. How about that cast, eh? It's a solid fucking four people there. It's stacked. Uh, I'm going to be honest, though. I didn't like this nearly as much as I thought I would, considering the cast. It's still a good movie, and I had a good time with it. But yeah, it's definitely not... like With a cast like that, I was expecting to be fucking wowed. And unfortunately, it wasn't quite wowed. But it was still really well made. Um, Again, Joaquin Phoenix doing his thing, stealing the show. John C. Riley, really great as always in a dramatic role. Uh, Jakey G, I mean, what is there to say about my boy? He's great here too, again, as always. Um, And yeah, it's just a really well-made film. I think it takes way too long to get going is my biggest complaint with it. But kind of once you hit a point where they all get together finally, things start picking up and definitely gets more interesting. And then again, a really solid ending. So definitely gets better as it goes along. Uh, But if you're a fan of that kind of Western vibe and that sort of thing, then I think you'll have a really fun time with this uh, because the vibe of this movie is really well done. All right. Uh, No, I'm I'm fine. I'll I'll, I'll sing. Thank you. Out of 10. It's also on your watch list. (laughs) Fucking shit. What was this movie again? Why does my brain can't bullshit? My brain can't. What was his name again? The Sister Brothers. Well, this is now the the this is now this is now the two block of movies that Ed didn't realize are on his watch list. The Sister Brothers. Why the fuck did I even want to watch this? Is it because it's John C. Riley? How the fuck did this get here? How did this? I. No, I'm 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 gonna stick to my word. I'm removing it out the watch list. I, we're fine. We're fine. There we go. Boom. We're done. The last the one I'll bend. Just, I'm not bending twice. The Bandicoot just cried. He loves that movie. <laughs> oh, that's why. Shit. That's probably why. Okay, fine. I'll add it back. God damn it. <laughs> that, maybe that's why. Maybe that's what happened. 
Yeah, probably. Fucking Sam. Ugh, why the fuck do I have to respect your opinion so much, bitch? All right. Well, I got four left now, so I think. Oh, seven out of ten, by the way. Uh, I got okay. four left, so I think we're even now. So you can go ahead. All right. Uh, we got. Okay. So Resident Evil Six. We're bringing that up. So okay. Yeah. So I've got. One, two, three, four, five. So yeah, okay. Um, oh, also, the by the way, Resident Evil, Resident Evil. Oh, sorry, just quickly, Resident Evil Six mm-hmm. isn't on my list because I just oh. like to forget that it exists. So keep that in mind. I got four besides that. <laughs> Noted. Okay, so I'm gonna have two back to back. The Batman. Um, this is going to be a shelf upgrade because. No, sorry. This is gonna be a shelf update because how many fucking times has the Batman shown up already? Okay, we're done. We're done. Uh, anyways, uh, the scene with the the flare at the end still almost makes me come almost every time okay let's just get that out of the way that's that scene oh boy okay got that out of the way anyways shelf update the batman i think i have a lot of small little things in this movie that annoy me where it makes me just want to knock this down and it's like and eh, probably don't put it on the shelf but then there are so many fucking highs that hit so hard that are so fucking Batman that it's like, okay, I'm going to overlook the things that annoy me because the things that hit fucking knock me on my ass. So this is one where I feel like even if there was a little bit of contention, I don't think I would have wanted to keep it on the shelf. Like this is one where easily I could have been like, I think I could sell this one. It might hurt, but if it isn't on the shelf, that's okay. But here's the thing. I feel like in my head, The Dark Knight Rises as a trilogy keeps falling in like, like, mm, does this belong on the shelf? I don't know. So the Batman catches this weird angle for me where it's like, you are going to go on the shelf, even probably just for pure cinematography. I will probably keep you, but you are contingent on what if I realize that I am dumb and I like the Dark Knight trilogy even more than I remember it. And for some reason, it's just that I haven't watched it in a while that it just keeps falling. And when I remind myself, it's like, well, fuck, well, I'm keeping all three of the Dark Knight ones. Like, the Batman doesn't compare. Like, I, I highly doubt that will happen, but, you know, I want to rewatch that. That's one contingent. The other contingency is, what if the next Batman movie slaps even harder? And it's like, well, I sold the first Steelbook, and I'm going to want this as a set. So there are... This one feels almost like the affirmative action addition to my Steelbook collection, where it's like, you have a lot of factors besides your own merit that got you here. But also, you were the right person for the job. Welcome aboard. So, yeah. Also, the fucking Steelbook is hot. You know, it's, it's really hard to deny that, too. So, um, a lot of shelf movement. Uh, a couple of things got kicked out. How to Train Your Dragon 3. Whoops, I'm spoiling it for the next thing. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. How to Train Your Dragon 3 out of the shelf. Like, that, that one's gone. A couple of other stuff got added in. I don't really remember. Oh, I got a Steelbook for Saw because I know that that would piss people off. Um, so yeah, shelf movement, uh, the Batman contingent shelf out of 10. So is there even anything else that you want to say? You No, you don't well, need to say anything. Just move on. <laughs> well, 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 no, one quick thing, one quick Fine. thing. And obviously Fine. you know how much, 
We know how much I love the Batman. I just yeah. want to say I will never bitch about the shelf stuff because it's gotten me so many good deals. Uh, I'm going to buy your copy of Seven Samurai at a discounted price because of the shelf. So that trust is- me, I am not one to bitch about the shelf. I hope you continue to find really good movies that are acceptable for my shelf, but not good enough for yours. <laughs> just just continue calling out and you're like, yes, deals, deals. <laughs> exactly. Okay, all right, uh, carry on. <laughs> Uh, you were going to do two, you said, back-to-back. Oh, you're right, because I say things. You see, my brain's giving up. I think I've... You see, here's the problem, okay? My watch <laughs> says that I burned 400 calories during my bike... Jesus fucking Christ, it's almost 7 p.m. I went on my bike ride, like, around 2 p.m., so that means, like, I'm going negative here, okay? No, no, no. I started off negative because I had 80 calories from an iced coffee, and then I supposedly burned 400 from my bike ride. So I think I've actually tapped out, and I'm fucking done. But there's still more topics, so let's keep fucking going, okay? <laughs> Anyways, I forgot. <laughs> Resident Evil 6. Ah, oh, fuck. Now, we continued streaming this, and... Oh, my God, this game... Um, I'm enjoying this for all the wrong reasons, but also it's a game where it's like, man... If you, if you adoring yourself weren't so angry about playing this game, I'd be enjoying this so much less. So I'd like to say thank you for making this a more enjoyable experience for me, because if not, I don't know if I would ever do this alone. And I played Resident Evil 5 alone in, in 2009, and I enjoyed that, okay? So I can't imagine in any universe where I could have played this alone and been like, yeah, this is okay. So... Yeah, you want to talk about our shared trauma? It's just like, l- let me, let me, I think this is the best way to sum it up, right? We were supposed to play after the stream today. I woke up with a really bad stomach ache. I'm still not feeling super well, but it's like, oh, we got to do this podcast day because there's really no other reason to do it. But I'm probably going to skip RE6. I'm not convinced that that was my body just like setting up like an actual self defense <laughs> mechanism to keep me from having to play this game today. Because, good Lord, there is nothing in the world I want to do less than play that fucking game. Uh, it's horrible. It is god awful. And the worst part is, I quit. We, so we finished the Leon campaign. I quit the first time playing this. I think partway through the Chris campaigns. So I'm about to get into uncharted territories, and <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Okay, so this is something I'm going to mention. Just, just as you know, editing stuff, right? So I think because you use the NVIDIA uh, audio thing, it'll sometimes filter out lower things. So, okay. like for example, right now you sighed and it cut to silence. I'm going to leave that in because I feel like even with the silence, it lets people understand what kind of game this is. <laughs> yeah, I think the um, I think the NVIDIA broadcast it, it's really aggressive at cutting out uh, yeah. background noises and stuff like that. But that yeah. is the downside. Like you get some size and stuff like that just gone. So let me let me let me do this louder. <sighs> yeah, that one came through. That one came through. Good. I Good. I would totally say I'm saying this and just know it's a lie. I'm gonna cut that out and put that into the previous silence. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, can, can we can we move on? I have nothing else to say about that shitty game. Please, <laughs> if you want to see our stream, twitch.tv slash ncassy thirteen. Yeah, just, just not tonight. Chill, <laughs> well, chill, let's go, baby. Drop your subs. Help me make money so I can buy Me6 Premium. Oh, God. All money. right. Yeah. Actually, you know, actually do give me money. I mean, what am I fucking talking about? Okay. The problem is, is that, like, I'm not worth money, but also please give me every single dollar you can. 
Yeah, um, remember to visit remember to visit patreon.com slash passive pixels and, and subscribe to the uh, tiers today. Okay. Jesus fucking Christ. Patreon.com slash passive. Fuck, I can't spell. This is my brain. This is your brain on drugs. Pixels. Yep, 404. Okay, perfect. I don't want you guys accidentally... If you're going to give money, it better be me, okay? Like, I don't want you guys accidentally giving money to the wrong person. It's like, no. No, that was supposed to be for me! Also, shout out to the fact that Patreon's 404 page is a little cute fox! I love him! Oh my god! Look how I'm sending you this shit. Look at the little fox! No, oh, that's a cute fox floating around in space. You see the problem? Okay, uh, this is this was like fucking two hours ago. But um, while I was playing Stray, I, I talked to a cousin, and I was like, "By the way, I'm not I'm not timestamping this. Too fucking bad. Whatever. I know I tell people to use timestamps, but whoops, sorry. Um, I was talking to my cousin about Stray, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's a good little game. If you want to be a cat, this is the right game for you." He's like, "Man, man, this is just fucking furry shit." And it was just like. I swear, delete my contact, never speak to me again. I never want to see your face again. He's like, what? I'm like, look, fucking furries suck, okay? Let's be straight up about that. Furries are terrible, and if I could put them in a chamber, I would. But my biggest beef with furries is that I've realized I really like animals, okay? In, In the Passive Pixels Discord, I have set the bot to post a clip of a duck going, huh? Every Thursday, and we call it Duck Thursday, okay? Now, my Instagram algorithm, where I get most of my duck videos, is starting to realize I just really like animals. So the algorithm also gives me raccoons, and it also gives me dachshunds. And I'm like, oh, man, I like animals. Like, it just makes me happy. And I hate that furries have bastardized the idea of just liking animals and conflating it with, I want to... No, 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 I'm not even going to give you the chance to clip that, okay? Nope. This is how I think now, okay? I can't say shit that will be misclipped. I don't want it to be misconstrued as people willing to fuck in suits. There we go. Boom. You see, I fucking did it. I'm not going to let anyone clip that out of context. So, yeah. Fuck the furries. You're ruining the fact that I really like animals. That's it. That's, I guess that's Resident Evil 6. Furry out of 10. <laughs> Bad game. All right. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's take, yeah, I don't know. Man, fuck. I'm so fucking hungry. That's all right. Four more things. We're almost there. We're, we're almost there. Um, American honey. <laughs> this is I'd like some honey right now. Fuck. Honey sounds is, good, man. You're right. This is directed by Andrea Arnold. Um, she Dude, is some marmalade honey? Is marmalade honey? I think so. It's a kind of honey, maybe. Okay, cool. All right, Paddington. Paddington's a good. Yeah, okay, go on. Paddington. Um, yeah, American Honey. This is a interesting movie. So, all right, funny. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to explain this story. Okay. Um, so this is so yeah, and Andrea Arnold, uh, Sasha Lane. This is I think her first movie. Shia LaBeouf plays like a really creepy fucker in this, and is like perfect for him because he is an actual human cannibal. Uh, Riley Keough is in here Wait, as well. Wait, like Shia LaBeouf is a cannibal too? Actual human cannibal, Shia LaBeouf, yes. Um, totally true. Look it up. Um, okay, so. Oh, this is a new one. Fuck. Um, here's the thing. This movie's good. I actually really like this movie a lot. Uh, it's just slice of life. It's kind of these kind of this this girl and this guy traveling together, conning people and kind of their weird little gypsy life they live. 
Um, it's definitely too long. Like this movie's like this movie's like almost two and a half hours long. It didn't need to be that long. Um, but all that being said, it's still really enjoyable. Here's the funny thing though, because especially because I really like this movie. It took me about halfway through this movie to realize that I'd actually watched it before. And I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. And I don't know how. But I had definitely seen the movie before. But I really liked it. And, and that's the that's the bizarre part to me. So I don't know if I was just having a fever dream while I was watching this before. Or if it was just a really awkward, repressed memory I was trying to forget. But I have definitely seen this movie before. Don't know when. Don't, don't know when. Don't know where. Don't know how. So weird shit. But hey, really good movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's fantastic. Shia, like I said, Shia LaBeouf is just perfect here. He plays this super creepy guy that's basically just trying to... I don't want to say groom the girl because she's not underage or anything, I don't think. But, like, he's basically molding her to, like, do his bidding, whatever that would be. So, yeah, it's good shit. Um, I'm not going to watch this because I already watched Blink out of 10. Um, also, fuck you. Um, <laughs> actual cannibal style above. I was like, oh. Oh, well, look, okay, you can't joke around about that about actors because Arnie Hammer exists, okay? Like... I'm I'm not joking. He's an actual human cannibal, Shia LaBeouf. No, you can't. Look, it's just the song, okay? Well, I mean, that's a pretty convincing song. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Whatever. Okay, my turn. How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3. How about that for a fucking segue? Yeah, that's a good segue. Had to train your dragon 2 and 3. So, you know, as I was calling out the shelf, right, this is... These are two movies that have been sitting here for a while, okay? How to Train Your Dragon 2 was one that I watched in theaters, immediately bought it on Blu-ray as soon as it was available, and then just never watched it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never need to check this movie. It's good. But with the shelf getting as packed as, as much as it is, it's like, okay, this movie came out in 2014. I haven't watched this in eight years, and I've just kept the Blu-ray for that long. Well, okay, not the Blu-ray, because... Well, actually, no. Technically, yes. I bought the Blu-ray day one, but then when it got released in 4K, I bought it again, and because... You you guys don't understand how deep my mania goes. Dorian at least understands, but other people probably don't. The Blu-ray that is in my 4K case is the same Blu-ray I bought all those years ago. This is who we're dealing with, okay? So, like, I still technically have that. Part of my mania going even further, all of my Blu-rays and 4Ks are in black 4K discs because I've swapped them out constantly. By the way... There are the the good for the environment blu Blu-ray and 4K cases where it has slits behind the disc. So if you accidentally pick up the case, you could accidentally damage the box art by crushing your hand and it breaks it in. Th- whatever, I'm getting into the minutia. This is, I think, what happens when I get really hungry. Anyways, to further explain more of my ridiculousness, my first Blu-ray that I ever bought was 500 Days of Summer, and I refused to change the Blu-ray case on that one because that Blu-ray case is from 2009 when I bought it at Fry's Electronics, okay? This is the kind of... Why did I even go down this tangent? What was I even talking about? How to Train Your Dragon 2. 
All right, so I still have that Blu-ray. Shit, I was literally explaining all that to explain that I actually meant it. Oh my god. How to Train Your Dragon 2 is really fucking good. Okay, there we go. Let's get myself back on track. How to Train Your Dragon 2 is actually easily top-tier uh, DreamWorks. Like, it is right there probably next to Shrek 2 of, like, the best output that this the entire company has ever had. Uh, this is probably right next to Kung Fu Panda in like, wait a minute, you're telling me a movie that is named Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon are legitimately good movies? That makes no sense. Now, I'm extrapolating here because I have not seen Kung Fu Panda. I like literally just that title and the fact that it's Jack Black who stars in it keeps me away from it, even though I know it's probably good. It's just like, the movie's called Kung Fu Panda. Can it be good? I know the answer is yes. Don't fucking yell at me, okay? I'm just, look, it's a hump I need to get over, okay? Shove it. How to Train Your Dragon 2, on the other hand, is so fucking good. And the thing that stuck out to me the most while watching it in theaters is that the flying sequences are toppest fucking tier. This, look, look. The flying scenes in How to Train Your Dragon 2 Arkino. This shit is so top tier of everything that makes cinema special being put all together. When this movie wants to hit fucking hard, it gives you a flying scene, and it is some of the hottest shit ever. Then, when I was watching the credits, that's the thing. I anytime that a movie's like really fucking good, I will let the credits play. My wife was sitting there, so I usually cut them off at some point. But I got far enough into the credits to find out the goat Roger Deakins had some consultation in this movie. It's like, oh, that's why this movie is shot as gorgeously as it is sometimes. Man, had to train your dragon to. Honestly, ha here's the thing. Walking out of this movie, my brain was like, shit, man, that, that actually felt like it had some shades of The Lion King on it. Like, in, like, kind of the subject matter and how serious it takes itself. And, yeah, even thinking now, just having watched it not long ago, yeah, I'm still okay with that comparison. And it's something that's like, yeah, you are staying on the shelf. Absolutely, I feel stupid for even thinking I could put this movie in contention. How to Train Your Dragon 2 is fucking incredible, and I would have to sit and think about it, but I would say it might be top five best animated movies released in the 2010s. Now... Feel free to yell at me and be like, oh, we'll fill up this list with other five movies. Yeah, we can try. But like, uneducated guess, estimation, whatever. I feel comfortable saying that is a top five animated movie of the 2010s. Um, but yeah, music fucking slaps also in this movie. But those flying segments. Holy shit. Like, mm. By the way, uh, this one... It, this movie made me realize that the audio track DTSX, so DTS, it's kind of like, a, DTS is another company like Dolby that handles audio. This one made me realize that DTX can be really fucking good. It's just, you know, that it gets used less often than Dolby Atmos. So DTS, if anyone needs to know, 
they're pretty fucking good because I would take DTS HD Master Audio over Dolby Digital or whatever the fuck the Dolby one was. So the new ranking, oh, not even new ranking. It's still Dolby Atmos and then DTSX, but like DTSX is still really good. By the way, those are literally the letters DTSX. Whatever. I'm getting into the weeds again. This is what happens when I'm hungry. How to Train Your Dragon 2. Fucking great. I've said enough right there. How to Train Your Dragon 3. Uh, yeah, I don't... It's fine. It's good. Even thinking about it, like, just moving further away from the movie, I don't know what's wrong with it, of why it slaps less. The flying scenes are still fucking hot, by the way. Like, uh, specifically with How to Train Your Dragon 3. 2, still good, and it still applies, but I think specifically with 3. How to Train Your Dragon 3, if you were an animator on this movie, you have to be so fucking proud of having this movie on your resume because this movie is gorgeous. Like, this, it's fucking insane. Watching this shit on an OLED 4K fuck man this is a gorgeous movie but i feel like that might be the best thing about the movie that it just looks gorgeous but spoilers or not i really don't know what's wrong with this movie that makes it so much of a step down from the second one i have a theory i apologize i this is as as non-spoilers I can say, but a missing character that anchors a lot of the first two movies isn't in the third one, and a large part of me thinks that might be it, that they were the heart of that movie. Oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Now that, here's the thing, me saying that now makes me realize that if I bring up something I want to compliment in the second one, it will be obvious to make the connection, so... I can't compliment the second one. Fuck. And you know what? No, no, no. I can still do it vaguely. The character that is in the second one that and in the first one that isn't in the third one, their performance anchors this movie so fucking hard. And it makes me sad because I want to mention which actor it is because it's an actor that you're looking. It's like, I don't think you've ever had a like a dramatic role that's like, oh yeah, this is yours. But they have what is anchoring like a big part of the emotions in that movie so yeah um fuck i really shot myself in the foot by being able to compliment them so uh damn it Dorian, you need to watch these movies so like i you can see this actor and you're like really that guy is the voice for this like that's really fucking good anyways moving on from that to go back to three that's my best guess is about what went wrong here but even then like the last 20 minutes of this movie are perfect though like the like if i could just cut out like the rest of the movie and just put this in a case and put it on my shelf and it's like this like the last 20 minutes not even 20 minutes might be like the 10 last 10 minutes let me just say like the epilogue of what the trilogy is if i could just cut that out and put it at the end of a second movie somehow, I would be so fucking happy. But yeah, three, I knew by like about halfway through, I was like, there's no chance that this ever gets on the shelf. And um, 
So, Dorian, I was actually telling you how, you know, like, you're not feeling good. I was trying to see if we can push this later because I was actually kind of hoping of watching How to Train Your Dragon 1 before so I could talk about all three movies together, but that's fine. I'll kick it over to the next time. Uh, but, yeah, How to Train Your Dragon 2, one of the best animated movies of the last 10 years out of 10. And How to Train Your Dragon 3, yeah, all right. Okay, out of 10. Uh, then to add to that, um, the people behind it are also the people who did Lilo and Stitch. So there you go. Did you like Lilo and Stitch? That's a good ass fucking movie. Watch these if you haven't. So yeah, Dorian, I toss it to you. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I haven't, uh, I really have nothing to add, unfortunately, because I've never seen these movies. I don't really know anything that they're about. Uh, they're on my watch list, so one day I'll get to them. But, um, to be frank, animated movies are just always kind of a lower priority for me. Um, yeah. Unless Ghibli, because I made like a specific uh, thing to do them. Uh, mm. But maybe after Ghibli's like completely done and I've watched them all, that is something I'll start looking into more. But uh, it's on there. I'll get to it one day. But to quote you, who knows when? Yeah, seriously. But yeah, man, How to Train Dragon 2, I'm, I am disappointed in myself for even doubting it. That's how much I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, um, do, uh, do you have one left now or two or how many do you have left? Uh, three. You have three left still? Yeah, okay, so I'll go again. All right. Um, let's just get out of this way, because it's not going to really take that long. Dread. Dread did not stay on the shelf. Um, rewatching it, I felt the one pervasive feeling that I had with watching Dread is, like, man, this is such a good student film. Like, this is, no, not even student film. This is, like, a really good fan film for Dread. Like, good fucking job. This is awesome. Call me back when you guys make a real movie. This is awesome. And it's like, wait a minute, that was a real movie. It's like, oh, man, you could have baked it for a little bit longer, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's it. I don't think I have anything else to add about Dread. Um, uh, fan film out of 10. Yeah, Dread, I think we've talked about that before when I finally watched it. Uh, it's got that garland stink on it, which is unfortunate, but uh, <laughs> otherwise it's uh, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's the best thing I've seen that Garland's been attached to, so credit for that. Uh, but I just don't think it's amazing. So I, I was happy to see that one off the shelf not because i want to buy it because that one i don't want to but uh, for quality reasons <laughs> okay so now i'm back down to two so uh, three out of five i had three job. i had three left by the way too i i, I just thought you had more for, i thought that you had less for some reason i don't know why um okay, okay. uh parallel i'll talk about parallel yeah parallel mothers uh directed by pedro I'm not even gonna try man pedro Almo, <laughs> devar i don't fucking know i'm not spanish um right. look um, this is a really, really great movie. So this was released in 2021. Um, Penel Penelope Cruz was a bit of a dark horse and she got an Oscar nomination for this. And I totally see why now she was fantastic in this film. Uh, it's basically about two kind of mothers, well, two, two, kind of, two ladies that are in oh, different points in their lives and are both having kids. Dope. Yeah. And they're having kids for different reasons and they kind of, I don't want to. I don't want to say much. It sucks it's because it's it, it's 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 another one of those movies that you really don't want to go know much going into. And there's another one on my list like that too. There's a lot of that this time, but this for real. Like there's so much shit in this movie that happens that it's like, oh, I thought this movie is going one way, but then it kind of twists and goes a different way, and then it kind of curves and goes a different way. Basically, two mothers who are in different places in their lives have to deal with a bunch of different shit, and it's just incredibly well acted and incredibly well made. If that sounds your shit, then that's your shit. This movie's really great. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. And uh, I don't know how Penelope Cruz can still be so hot at her age, but bonk, bonk, bonk. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. 
I will help you with the how do you summarize this. Just read the title. Read read the title. Like that, that's all you yeah. need to do. Like what yeah. is this movie about? Parallel Mothers. Yeah, Draw the title does say for what that means. Yeah, the title actually does say quite a bit. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um add it to my watch list out of ten. Yeah, I, I mean, like uh, just yeah. that summary right there, it's like, wait a minute. Uh you're telling me that parallel mothers we're going to just get a like a drama about two people figuring out stuff about each other yeah let's fucking go come on yeah give me that yeah it's very very good i I actually think you'll like that movie it's good so glad it made the watch list uh eight out of ten really solid movie and one of the better female performances of last year for sure good stuff okay uh so by turn right or yep yeah my turn okay double indemnity now mm. this is one you are buying off of me. Yes, another another, another fortuitous shelf bounce. Yeah. Oh <laughs> boy, man. Double indemnity. Man, I needed a fucking cigarette during that this entire movie. Man, this is noir. This is noir. Like if you need to hear what is noir, you just point them to this. It's like everything this movie does, that's what it is. Oh my god. I the performances are so good. This is another one where I have to agree with you, where you can tell that of the time, you can't really go that dark with the ending. But man, this feels like, you know how at the end of, that's the thing, I know you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. But you know at the end of Gone with the Wind, how that man's like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And how it's like, holy shit, it's the 30s, it's the 40s, did that man just say damn on recorded history and everyone just like lost their mind, like pandemonium? Like, honestly, Double Indemnity with the ending it has feels like it would be that. It's like, whoa, holy shit, you did that one! It's like, nowadays we're looking like, oh yeah, that's the ending? Huh, kind of soft. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Double Indemnity, uh, it is everything that noir is. Like, I don't know the history of noir. I don't. But if you told me that this one was the progenitor of most of it in film, I'd believe you. Like, that's how much this movie feels. It's one of those things that's impressive that whenever something is cribbed from, because let's be honest, if we're assuming that this is the birth of noir, again, I'm talking in my ass here. If this is the birth of noir, this is impressive because this is something that feels like everyone has cribbed so much of this it is a birthplace of a genre like it, it's going to have kind of its tenets that keep it held up it is impressive that even with this feeling like it has all the tenets of noir that it still feels as unique as it is that's by the way also the way this movie is shot damn it i fucking hate that it feels like it's very hard to talk about a movie in shorthand, like, what makes a shot gorgeous, so the most that you can really say is just leave it as hyperbole, but Double Indemnity, the way that it tells the story, and it's in black and white, and just the lighting and everything, like, mm, oh my god, it's noir! Like, that's all I can really say, like, Double Indemnity is everything that you imagine in a good noir movie, and it just presents it, and it's like, here we are. This is the genre now. It's fucking great. Yeah, I don't, so I'm not, especially with I mean, I mean, you're giving me a good, a good price on it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't generally like to blind buy Criterion's just because I, that if there's one thing I want to keep more curated in my collection, it would be Criterion's for sure. Uh, but 
But I mean, I asked you, do you think this will be on my alley? I really like noir shit. So I'm going to take a chance yeah. on this and this I, I is, think yeah. we're going to be fine because I do like the apartment, which is also by Billy Wilder. That was a great movie as well. I ended up buying the 4k of that. So I think we'll be fine here. Uh, but definitely excited to give this a watch. When when the package arrives, that'll probably be one of the first ones I want to dive into for sure. Very excited. But yeah, the one thing I haven't mentioned though, because it is the star of this movie, the writing in this movie is sharp as fuck. Okay. This we're talking like this movie's like 60, 70, 80 years old. I don't really want to look up the year. But the fact that even after all this time the writing in this is still as sharp as it is i can't understand how people probably watch this contemporary and they were probably fucking blown away because like the writing in this is so fucking next level the dialogue in this movie oh my god this you could take that script and cut a watermelon with it okay like that's how I, if you ask me like off the top of my head what are movies that have good dialogue i feel like because you know the era i was born in my brain would immediately go to anything tarantino first but if you let me get through a whole bunch of those this one would come up almost immediately it's very unfair that tarantino would come first because i would want this to come into my mind first but man fucking writing so yeah that's actually gotta be my score writing you can cut yourself with out of 10 can't wait to watch it out of 10 uh okay so my second to last one here this is going to be mass um this is directed by fran kranz who is fran kranz well he's the star of the hit josh whedon show dollhouse wait hold on hold on i just realized that i didn't even try it uh uh pedro almodovar oh yeah almodovar Almodovar. There we go. Yeah, Almodovar. Good job. Thank you. But yes, Fran Kranz is. I, 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 he, he was acted in Dollhouse. He's done nothing else. He directed this. He wrote this. This movie is a fucking near masterpiece, man. I broke down pretty hard at the end of this movie. Now, I, I, I'm not afraid to admit I cried at the end of movies a lot of times if it's powerful, if it affects me. And this movie just fucking destroyed me. And Dowd, who plays, um, obviously, Patty in The Leftovers, and my favorite show of all time. She's mm-hmm. here. Uh, Jason Isaac is a fucking rock here. And I hate to fucking, this is literally a broken record, but this is another movie you really don't want to know much about going into and just let experience it and let it all unfold. Because when it all unfolds, you're going to be hit like a ton of fucking bricks and you can have fun. I'm not actually fun, but like, I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the, the only other thing I can really say is to quote this review on Letterboxd that basically says, ah, people talking, my favorite genre. <laughs> and I, this movie, <laughs> Isn't that what I just said about Parallels Mothers? Uh, and this movie just has it in fucking spades. This movie is incredible. It is one of, I already love 2021 in terms of movies. This slid right into my top fucking three fantastic film i'm sad i didn't get to see this in theaters but it's probably for the better because i would have been a blubbering fucking moron one of the most powerful movies of last year for sure maybe the most powerful and uh one that everyone everyone should watch and take something away from the message of this movie so fantastic film so remember on the discord when you told me that uh i should watch prey 
and then I replied with, yeah, if I were to watch something on Hulu, I can assure you it wouldn't be Prey. Ah, Mass eh? is nice. streaming on Hulu. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mass is great. It's definitely one. I, again, I think you would like this film because it seems up your alley in terms of just in terms of the very realistic dialogue. Like this movie is very dialogue driven. It's all in one room and there's tons of dialogue throughout it. And uh, maybe it's really well made. So, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, one of my favorite things is mommy and daddy are screaming and yelling at each other in the room. I love watching this movie. So, you know, I have a feeling Mass is going to have that feeling with you saying natural dialogue where it's going to be something like, "Ooh, wow, I shouldn't be in the room watching this. Let's oh, be yeah. watching. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> so, Big time. Uh, you see, the problem is, is that Mass is probably the next movie that I wanted to watch, but also had a Train Your Dragon 1 showed up. So, like, <laughs> your boy That's watched right. 2, 3, we're going to go 1. <laughs> That's fair. Do you do you want to do you want to watch something joyful or cry and be depressed tonight? Oh Easy boy, choice. the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm not going to say any more because especially you, I want you to go into a blind when you watch it. Nine out of ten, just phenomenal cinema. Definitely watch it. That anecdote I said about Hulu at a ten. Perfect. Uh, all right. So my last one is Total Recall. Yeah. Okay. Um, man, I feel bad because like I'm, I'm getting to Total Recall. I'm spent, man. I don't know if there's much I can really say. <laughs> so it's a good movie. Hungry. Really good movie. A lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. But like, I feel really bad because I feel like I'd be praising it more if I wasn't probably negative, you know, 300 <laughs> calories at this point. <laughs> um, but man, um, the one thing I want to mention more than anything else is that I didn't realize Total Recall was a fucking special effects powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Like, just watching this movie, it's like, fuck, man. Like, if you told, like, what is it? Terminator? No, Terminator 2 came out the next year. Was it? Yeah, Terminator 2 was 91 or 92? Uh, t- 92, I believe. Or wait, oh. yeah, no, Terminator 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, 92, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so Total Recall was two years before. Fuck, okay. Um, yeah, Total Recall. Like I was like, okay, depending on the timeline, I will be more or less impressed. If Total Recall were after Terminator 2, it'd be like, okay, that's still really fucking impressive. No, but I'm it, sorry. It was not it was it was 91, I like. My bad. Okay, well no, no worries. Either way, Total Recall predates it because it was 90. Yeah, Total Recall. Fuck, man, the model work and the puppetry and the way that they composed the scenes. Literally the only thing that, like, was taking me, not even taking me out of it, because, like, I feel like whenever I can see the strings, I think it's fucking cool for old movies. Because it's like, man, that's how you did it. So being able to see actors walk across the background and you kind of tell that the outline on them is really harsh and that behind them is a model that they have blown up. It's like, dude, that looks fucking cool. Like, I know how you're doing it, but, like, that's not ruining it for me. It's like, oh, it looks old. Like, no, that's fucking cool that you guys figured it out like that. So, yeah, like, Total Recall, I feel like that's the thing I took away from it most. Uh, The other thing is that, what is it about Arnold Schwarzenegger that this man just has some charisma to him that, like, no matter (laughs) what he's doing, you're just like, Oh, you're a businessman in the future? Sure. Why the fuck not? Who cares? You're Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can do whatever you want. You can just tell me, like, hi, I'm a police officer. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, cool. I believe you. Hi, I do your taxes. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. I, I've been sleeping with your wife. Like, ah, okay, maybe I have a problem with that. But, like, 
you know, let me grab a gun. I'm not going to let you do the, I'm not going to let you continue, but like, I'm not going to tell you I have a problem yet. Just turn around and then we'll figure this out. But, <laughs> but yeah, like Arnold Schwarzenegger just has a charm to him. And that is also in spades here. And the other star of this movie though, is, uh, you see problem with podcasts. You never remember the name, the director. Oh, um, fuck that. I don't remember. Uh, can look it up. Paul Verhoeven. There we go. There you go. I stayed silent, so it became really easy for me to cut all that out. But now I've said it, and I've ruined the fucking shit. Editing's hard, man. Um, The director, Paul Verhoeven. This is actually, I think, my first encounter with any of his movies. And what I can gather from this man is that this man is a fucking maximalist, okay? This man says, if I'm going to do something, we're going to swing hard for the fucking fences. And here's the thing. This man has Robocall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troop. Wait, he made Hollow Man? What the fuck? Did I? I watched Hollow Man. Okay, never mind. I lied. What? Why is... Why did he make Hollow Man? I don't remember that movie being over the top, so... Um, weird? Okay, well... I guess I have to watch Hollow Man soon. Uh, this man feels like he is a very maximalist. He punches you in the fucking face with what he wants to say, and that's his movie. And, yeah, Total Recall was that, and I really liked it. I want more of this man. So, RoboCop, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, on the other hand, I've been wanting to watch Showgirls for a while because I know that that movie is supposed to be a mess, and it's like, oh my god, yes. Just let me know when I can get there because, oh boy, I want it to be a mess. Uh, so yeah, uh, Paul Verhoeven, God bless you, man. Just, just I'm so ready for you to just not give a shit. Like, I'm in. So yeah, at, Dorian, you, your turn. Just basically echoing what you said, Matt. Total Recall is a lot of fun. It's over the top. Arnold's charismatic. Uh, it's a super fun movie. I haven't seen that in years. Uh, I always get that movie for some reason and The Running Man mixed up. I like them both. I think they're both really good movies, but I don't know why I get them mixed up so often. I think um, I think uh, uh, Total Recall is way more famous, but The Running Man's a lot of fun too, so I like that one as well. But uh, yeah, no, great stuff. Um, it's definitely not my favorite from uh, that director. Like Robocop's a classic, and I really think Starship Troopers is a lot of fun too. Uh, and yes, Showgirls is a fucking mess. Have fun with that when you get to it. I hate that movie. <laughs> um okay anyways uh while we're here while we're here do you do you want the busted up steelbook that like that i have like db gave it to me like i won't even charge you like db gave it to me so like it it wouldn't feel right to sell it oh yeah sure i'll I'll, i I would like that in my collection yeah Yeah. okay cool i'll drop it in there whatever it's a messed up one but it's a 4k disc and it's the slip cover more than anything else that's messed up but like the steelbook itself isn't too bad so that's fine works for me yeah i'll just toss it in there cool okay is that it? Um. Uh. Well, I got one left. Are we? Did you score? Oh. Uh. Oh my God. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's that's the that's the perfect score. Consider that the divorce out of ten. <laughs> it's, it's like a seven, eight out of ten. I don't know. Rewatch and update my score. Maybe fun movie though. Uh, All right. The final movie on my list is very purposeful. It's Sleepers. This is Mr. Sean Mason's favorite movie of all time. So, or one of his favorite movies of all time. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. 
This is now the first topic of the show. Whoa, holy shit, we teleported. Whoa, what is going on? You don't know what fucking happened. <laughs> Sean, you're a lovely human being. Just let's let's sit that for a second. This is now just going to be another Sean Mason banger. All right. How the fuck did we forget this? Sean, <laughs> well, that's actually that's why I was saving it for last. I didn't know if we were on the same page there, but that's fine. We can move it to the no, front. no, no, no. Here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to copy and paste this at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode. So everyone who's who got here Perfect. to like who literally listened to the entire episode, Sean Mason deserves two pieces of an episode. Okay, he deserves a piece of every single episode. Okay, I agree. I agree. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Uh, but yes, I have Sean, have I know ideas, you. All right, I'll blow up the entire podcast <laughs> runtime for Sean. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Sean, I know you're listening, so we lo- both very much love you here, uh, yes. and that's why I watched this today. I wanted to because th- I know this is one of your favorite movies of all time, specifically, and of course, it was the Kino Club pick. Always going to be fashionably late, even for you, Sean. <laughs> so I finally got to it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a good movie. It's the perfect Sean Mason pick, of course. I mean, what what else could you go wrong with it? Uh, Kevin Bacon, Robert De Niro having fun here as a priest. Brad Pitt's like not credited much, but he's in this movie quite a bit. A really young Brad Pitt and does really good stuff here. Mini Drivers here. She's having fun. Uh, it's a very serious movie at times, ta- tackling, you know, subject matter of like, kids being sexually abused so it's definitely um definitely a tough subject matter but uh they handle it really well and with grace and barry levinson's the director here he's in a lot of classic movies i don't know if i've seen any of them let me look i've seen a couple of his movies but not many uh there's definitely some more i want to see like rain man and good morning vietnam uh so oh, he's he definitely got Yes, he did that. So there's definitely a couple other movies um, on his sphere I want to see. But yeah, this was a really solid movie. Definitely did feel a little bit too long. I think it starts off really fucking hot. And then the middle kind of drags a little bit at times. Then it kind of picks back up at the end. But uh, yeah, this was enjoyable. So Mr. Mason, thank you very much for suggesting this movie. I was very glad to watch this. I had never even heard of this movie before you mentioned it. So I don't know if I ever would have seen it. So very good recommendation, sir. All right. So here's the fun part about editing, right? It is the 12th. We have done so much shit for you, Sean, and you have no idea. <laughs> yet. You, look, look, I understand what both you and your fiance have told me not to do. You don't understand. I didn't listen. And a <laughs> lot of us didn't listen. And I want you to know that. With everything that I did, I do not feel bad about it. <laughs> Almost zero amount of it do I feel bad about it. Literally, the only thing I will feel bad about is the guilt you guys think you should feel about the <laughs> fact how much we did. And I want you to know that the hardest part for me with doing all of this is knowing that you guys are going to feel bad about everything that we did. So all I can say is that, shut up. That is the meanest <laughs> I ever want to be to the both of you. Because both of you, in, you know what? No, including Mr. Mason. Including you. So take everything I said. Look, I'm running on really low calories right now, okay? <laughs> Include everything I said, including you, Mr. Mason. All three of you are a sunshine on this world, okay? What is the opposite word of a blight? Uh, antonym blight. 
Blessing. Yeah, that's fine. The yeah. word blessing that yeah, works. Good word. The three yeah. of you are a blessing in this world, and everything that we have done, I still don't think is enough. So now this is where I start going into speculation. The three of you won't hear this until at least one thing has already happened. You don't understand. There's like six or seven things in play. Now, with me saying six or seven, you know that story about how you have three pigs and then you label them one, two, four, and then you let them go. And then it's like, we caught three pigs, but we never found number three. That's probably what's happening with me saying it's six or seven things that are set to arrive. So I am sorry you guys feel like that. And I'm telling you right now that if you put me in the same scenario, 10 times out of 10, I do the same thing every single time. So I regret nothing and I would do it again. The movie Sleepers. I still need to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. This is far. This is far more important than the movie itself, which it's a good movie and definitely worth watching. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I echo everything you just said completely. There are very few people in this world that are just genuinely, I think, nice people that would give you the shirt off their back with no ulterior motive, and that's the big key. Everyone's got an ulterior motive these days, but absolutely not Sean or anyone in his extended circle it seems you're all wonderful human beings and if you're wondering man why are we getting all this why are we getting this much stuff blah blah blah, blah. like why i'm gonna be honest with you it's probably not enough to show how yeah. incredible you all are so please i know you will but please don't feel any guilt associated with this it so was a will. lot of people coming together a lot of very generous very nice people and uh you guys deserve everything and more so yeah. I want them to know I, the, the three of you are listening. I want to I want you guys to know that if you could play the ending of It's a Wonderful Life ten times on like ten separate screens at the same time, that's what you guys deserve. That's exactly what it is. But at the most, we're doing like three screens. So, um, yeah, sleepers. Man, I should actually really watch this, considering that I forced. The, the movie club yeah, to no watch this. I forced this one and then <laughs> pretended like it was Sean's pick. So, like, what what am I even doing? I don't... What am I even doing, man? Uh, I'm so hungry. Yeah, well, here, I'll give you my rating. This movie's rating is Sean Mason suggested it, so watch it out of 10. This could have been easily one of the worst movies ever made, but the fact that Sean loves it, I don't care. That's good enough. Watch it out of 10. You're right. Perfect. All right. Is that the episode? Yeah, let's get some food. Cool. All right. Now, now, now we transition back into whatever the first topic was. Whoa, kitty shit. Okay. Okay. Now I cut that. This this is a fucking complete mess. I I've given myself way too much to edit. So if this episode's late, whatever. I'm just gonna say that it was for Sean. That it's like, oh, okay, it was late. Sorry. Extend the card. And card. You may not come. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.
you may not come.